It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. McDonald's chicken isn't just any chicken. It's chicken worth crossing the road for. It's tender, it's juicy, and now it's just $2. That's right. Now you can order six pieces of classic chicken McNuggets made with all-white meat for just $2. And if you can't believe this amazing deal, add any size soft drink to your order for just a dollar more. Yep, your meal just got even better. Thanks to McDonald's one, two, three dollar menu. Price and participation may vary. A la carte only. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Charbroiled double deals from Carl's Jr. Pick one of three for only $2.99 each. The jalapeno double, the double cheeseburger, and the California classic double. Only $2.99. Carl's Jr. Gigantic flavor. Small price. Available for a limited time. Price and participation may vary. Price higher in Alaska and Hawaii. Tax not included. Okay, so the holidays are over. And uh, it's now what we're being told is the me season, where you are thinking about what you want for yourself and maybe using some of those gift cards and cash that grandma gave you and that kind of thing. I know that if I gifted myself something right now, it'd be like a, a baboon go bag. Um, I would take it with me to Star Wars Celebration in Chicago, maybe even uh, be able to take it with us if we ever get a chance to go to Galaxy's Edge um, and wait in that long line. See, baboon... Um, actually makes you know, really technical duffel bags for all of your life's adventures. They're bags that are uh, using waterproof materials, they're tear-proof, and they last forever. And every bag comes with free shipping and a lifetime guarantee. So, um, you know, these go bags, they're, they're designed for you to have something ready to go and just take a weekend trip or, or get on that airplane and go check out that next Comic-Con or whatever. They come in two small sizes, or two sizes, a small size um, for, you know, putting on the... Uh, uh, overhead compartment and then a large one that you can check. Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, this is pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And both sizes can be stuffed in a trunk. Um, they can be carried on your back or dragged wherever your adventures take you, and they never break, um, period. So uh, see why Fast Company is actually calling it the best travel gear of 2018, from business travel to desert adventures. We're excited that Baboon is a sponsor of Tatooine Sons, a Star Wars podcast. We want you to visit Baboon uh, to the moon.com and enter code MESEASON and you can receive 10% off your purchase. That's Baboon to the moon.com, code MESEASON, Baboon to the moon.com, code MESEASON.
Hello, podcast listeners. This is BB Nate. Thanks for listening to Tatooine Sons, a Star Wars podcast. It's so awesome to think that people enjoy what we do so much that they financially support us so we can do what we do. If you're not a Patreon supporter, please head on over to patreon.com slash Tatooine Sons and watch our welcome videos so you can learn more about how important it is for us to have your support. May the force be with you. This is Tatooine Sons, a proud member of the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. Be sure to listen to the galaxy's greatest Star Wars podcasts, including Talk Star Wars, Tumbling Sabers Podcast, Generation X-Wing, Rogue Squadron's Podcast, Skyhopper's Podcast, The Nerd Room, San Diego Sabers Radio Podcast, Less Than 12 Parsecs Podcast, and Retro Inc. Podcast. Visit StarWarsCommonwealth.com and take your first step into a larger world. Tatooine Sons, this is Dominic from the Star Wars Underworld calling to congratulate you on your 50th episode. And to think, all this happened because I didn't email Sam back that one time. Yeah, I'm still embarrassed about that, by the way. Still, as they say, all's well that ends well. So congratulations on 50 episodes, guys. And here's to many, many more. It's true. It's true. All of it. What is the name of the Porg on the Millennium Falcon? The Force is strong in my family. What do you think his name is? <laughs> it's a big moment. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. Maybe Turbis? Do. Oh, do not. There is no try. Turbis? <laughs> Pablo, if you're listening to this live stream, that Porg's name is now Turbis. It's a good Star Wars name. We're not done yet. These guys record an awesome podcast called Tatooine Sons. Everybody was lit. Welcome, Star Wars fans. This is Tatooine Sons, your weekly look into all things Star Wars. From the unique perspective of a father sharing his love for the amazing space fantasy saga with his two sons. I am BB Nate, and I am joined first by my brother, Samuel the Hutt. A Chucha Star Wars fans, thanks for tuning in. And if you're not a Star Wars fan, then then you will be after this episode. Absolutely, for sure. no like, doubt. And, of course, you can't have Star Wars without bizarre father figures. So, on that note, here's my dad, the bowtie Jedi guy. You know, it's hard to believe that a year ago we were looking for a microphone that I'd left at my office uh, so we could start our first episode. We had to run down there and pick one up and then rush back because we told everybody we would be live. It's kind of bizarre. How you guys doing? You ready for this? I don't know. I don't right. know if I'm ready. Yeah, we're not alone right now. We are so excited for our 50th episode to welcome the voice of Ben Kenobi from Twin Sons, Star Wars Rebels, uh, Admiral Raddus, Will Hulf Tarkin. Who else can we talk about? 
talk about. Uh, of course, AP5, uh, the amazing and talented... Mieber Gascon. Me- that's exactly right. Yeah. The amazing and talented Stephen Stanton. Welcome to Tatooine Sun, Stephen. Hey, good morning, David, Sam, Nate. How are you guys? And uh, happy anniversary. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's so exciting. We were uh, just we threw out on Twitter a, a while back the possibility that we wanted to have you on there, and we're just so thrilled um, that you joined us uh, for this episode. I know that you don't get to do a lot of these because of your amazingly busy schedule. For you to take time to, to be on this episode um, is really uh, the perfect way to cap off a surreal year for us uh, with Star Wars. So uh, thanks so much for being here. Um, you know, Sam was talking. We were talking before the show, and Sam had one question. He couldn't wait to ask. So we're going to let him jump right in there. We're going to talk about Twin Sons to start off with. Okay, Stephen? Okay, that sounds great. All right, Stephen. All right. Do do you want to go by Stephen, Mr. Stanton, Mr. Stephen? (laughs) What do you like to go by? You can just call me Stephen. That's fine. Stephen. All right. That's a little... A little uncomfortable for me because my parents usually ask me, you know, call them Mr. Mr. Stanton or whatever, but I'll, I will do that for you. All right, Mr. Steven. Or, I did it anyway. What was old Ben doing on Tatooine between Revenge of the Sith and Twin Sons? Between Revenge of the Sith and Twin Sons? That's, that's a pretty good question because that is, uh, I think that's, a, that's what everybody's been wondering. There's a whole life there. That's uh, yet to be explored. You know, when um, when Ben goes into exile and then, you know, we're, a lot of us are just wondering, well, what is he doing the whole time? Is he is he just sitting in his, uh, you know, some people think, well, maybe he's in a cave someplace. But we know that's not true. He's got a nice little house. And, um, you know, when uh, when Luke goes out to find um, R2-D2 in the first Star Wars movie. Um, ben kind of shows up there, sort of miraculously, out of the blue. He just sort of seems to be there, right? Uh, so, I, and and uh, so, I have a feeling he's keeping a close a close watch on Luke. And uh, you'll notice that when the uh, when uh, Luke um, becomes conscious and Ben is helping him, they don't make introductions. It's not like, mm-hmm. "Hi, I'm Luke Skywalker." Hi, I'm Ben Kenobi. You know, Luke looks at him and says, Ben, you know, Ben Kenobi, and he calls, and Ben calls him young Luke. So, you know, there must be some interaction between those two uh, over the years. We just don't know what. But more importantly is the reputation that Ben Kenobi yeah. probably has on uh, on this planet. Because when they go into Moss Eisley Spaceport, into that cantina... You know, before they go in, Ben tells uh, Luke, he says, you know, be careful. This place can be a little rough. And they go in there and everybody seems to they see. I think they know him. They don't seem to pay much attention to him. It's like he's a regular there. You know, don't you kind of agree that he's probably he's not a stranger. Nobody looks at him like this is his first time. He's yeah. do you think he yeah. ever went down there to uh, to get a drink every, every so often? <laughs> You know, I think he probably went in there to kind of keep tabs on who the scum and villains were that were coming and going. Because yeah, remember, he used to protect protect Luke, so he's probably keeping. You know, the best way to to keep an eye on the bad guys is to let them think you're one of them. Huh. You know, he looks like he's he could be uh, a little on the rough side. You know, he doesn't. He's not a clean cut guy just walking in. He blends right in. You'll notice that when uh, when they're at, he goes up to the bar, right? When Luke comes in, uh, uh, Kenobi's up at the bar, and uh, he's apparently 
fluent in Wookiee. He's having a conversation. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. And with Chewy, so that, uh, you know, we know that he's, uh, he can make himself right at home in any situation. You know, he's, and, and when he pulls that lightsaber out and takes the, takes the arm off, of that one guy that's messing with Luke, it's like everyone's kind of like, yeah, that's Kenobi. Not surprised <laughs> that he has one of those things. And everyone kind of turns their back and kind of like gets back to their business. Like, yeah, we don't mess with that old man. Like He's- it happens every other Thursday night in, in Mos Eisley. <laughs> but, you know, it, it is. And even Han Solo, you know, when he says, oh, you know, they're, somebody's, you know, getting ready to, to, you know, they're getting interested in your handiwork over there. It's not like, wow, you have a lightsaber. Where did you get that? Nobody seems to bat an eye at the fact that he's got this thing, this weapon, and he's, and he's using it. Um, so, yeah, I think there's a there's a whole other side to to Ben Kenobi's life that we really haven't uh, we haven't explored yet. Yeah, it's a, it's a really interesting thing, and of course, when we talk about. Uh, with you about Ben Kenobi, we're not just thinking about the movie Ben Kenobi. We're specifically thinking about the one from Rebels. So BB-8's got a question he wanted to ask. So do you think that Kenobi has heard of Ezra and the Phoenix Squadron? Do you think that Kenobi has seen Ezra's broadcast from early in the Rebels show? Well, you know, there's a pretty good chance. I would say that if if uh, if Ben is trying to uh, keep tabs on what's going on out there, he probably has a... Uh, He's probably got like a hidden, uh, you know, uh, re- sort of radio receiver or whatever down in the basement that he's not supposed to have so that he can tune in on the broadcast and keep up. And I would say, you know, as far as knowing Ezra, you know, the force connects people and other force users in ways that the rest of us can't understand. So whether or not he actually knows him by name, I don't I don't know. But uh he probably, you know, because of the force, you know, what does he say when, when Ezra wakes up? He says, you're in the wrong place, Ezra Bridger. Once again, nobody's really made introductions, but mm. Ben Kenobi seems to keep tabs on everybody. Yeah, now, so I'm thinking of it now from the perspective of you as an actor. So, you know, this is one of the most iconic characters in all of movie history, um, especially when you think about the fact that Sir Alec Guinness is the one that portrayed the version uh, that you've become known for as well through the games and then and then Twin Sons here. So um, what's it like to pick up this character after Sir Alec Guinness has, has been the one that's portrayed him before that? Well, it's always it's uh, it's always sort of wonderful to, to play an iconic character that, you know, has been 
pl- been played so well by you know such a, an actor of note like uh, like uh, Sir Alec Guinness, you know. And then of course there's the daunting uh, you know end of it where you're trying to um, <laughs> you know make sure you're doing justice uh, to the performance that the original actor created because you know he's no longer with us. So you've got to try to get into that actor's shoot uh, his you know get inside his head and say like no if he was alive today. You know, if he was with us and he was being asked to do this episode, what kind of choices might he make knowing that, okay, this is his character before we've the original Star Wars, you know? So, yeah, it's it's a lot of fun, but at the same time, it's, it can be a little a little stressful. You want to make sure you're getting it right for the fans right. and everybody that loves the original performance. Right. So what's the process that you went through uh, for this? You know, to come I obviously, you know, and we'll talk about in a second how you uh, were asked to play this character in this series. But you'd been playing Ben Kenobi uh, for a while before that. So what's the process that you went through, like, for creating the voice and thinking it through? How did you go through that process? Were you talking about originally back in 2004 when I right. started voicing him? Right. Yeah. The At that time, you know, I think that was uh, for Battlefront 2, the original Battlefront 2. And um, so, you know, what I usually do is I go back to the, you know, all the all the performances uh, that, uh, that the actor has done, you know, in the past for that character. In this case, you know, I've got the original trilogy. And I, and I like to watch them all because his, cha- his character changes uh, from one movie to the next as we find out more about both him and the story. So, you know, I, I, I listen to the original dialogue and I listen to, you know, the actor, you know, the, you know, their cadence, the way they present the character, the way that character thinks on screen, the way you hear the character think and, you know, his thought process. And then you try to you know, incorporate that into the new dialogue. So, you know, that's, it's one thing to be able to quote lines from a movie and do the voice and do an, you know, what some people would call an impression. But voice matching is very different because you're taking the character to a, a whole other place. You're not just, you know, repeating lines from the movie. You're, you're coming up, uh, you're playing that character in a brand new story. So you've got to try to bring that character to life and, um, you know, in a way that respects the original performance. But now let's people see new sides to the character. Yeah, it's like you have to get into that character's head and start to think like that character, not just mimic Sir Alec Guinness voicing that character, right? Absolutely. You have to figure out what Sir Alec Guinness did. Like when he cre- it's, it's not just what would Alec Guinness do. It's like what would Alec Guinness have Ben Kenobi do? Mm. So it's like a two-step process that you're going through. And then at a certain point, it just becomes very organic. You know, you're not, you're not thinking about it while you're doing it. You do your preparation. Then when it comes time to do the scene, a lot of that stuff just, you know, that's in the back of your mind. You're not thinking about those technical things while you're, while you're in the middle of the performance. Hmm. Kind of got to let go of all of that, as uh, Ben Kenobi would say, and just, you know, be the character. Interesting. So I've, I've got a question for you. What was it like to know that you were going to play Kenobi in his final battle with his greatest adversary, Maul? Well, it was uh, it was pretty exciting, you know. The uh, now I didn't know that that's what the the story was going to be. That it was going to be the final battle. Uh, you know, I just, I knew that they were. You know, Dave Filoni had uh, after, uh, had uh, presented. You know, saying that we were going to do a story that has Ben Kenobi in it, but he didn't really give me the details of it. Mm. So I didn't really know that until a little bit later down the line. And then when I got the final 
copy of the shooting script that that's exactly what was going to happen. So it, for me, it was exciting because Sam Whitmer and I, you know, we've been in the same shows for many years, but our characters have never crossed paths. So we have never had any uh, scenes together. Uh, so I was really sort of excited about the, the prospect of, um, of working with Sam. But at the time that I was, you know, at, uh, that I agreed to, to record this, it's, I was still uh, just a temporary, it was just going to be a temporary soundtrack, a scratch track. Oh. They had other ideas of bringing in, you know, perhaps even uh, maybe Ewan McGregor. They were undecided as to how they were going to play this whole thing out. But I just wanted to, you know, because Dave Filoni said, and he goes, look, this, your voice may not even end up in the final episode, so don't get too attached to it. I'm like, no, 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 that's, that's, that's fine. I'm just, I just want the, uh, you know, the, the joy of being able to, to play the character in the show and have a chance to work with Sam because I thought that would be a, a lot of fun. Yeah, Sam's done an amazing uh, job as Maul um, in the in the all the different uh, animated series. So it's been so much fun to to see that. Um, BB Nate, why don't you ask um, that next question that you had here? So, did you directly record with Sam Whitworth? No, that's the one we already asked. Remember this one right here, buddy. It's okay. <laughs> All right, he's a little. He's a little. I'm going to be honest with you. Nate is starstruck <laughs> right now, <laughs> uh, trying to do this, and so he's having a hard time sometimes coming up with where we're at on the list of questions here. He was going to ask one of the questions he wrote, brought down last night was, "What do you think is going through old Ben's mind when Maul figures out that he's protecting someone?" Uh, well, that's 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 a really good question because if you and it's funny if you watch the animation in that episode the animation is exquisite and you can see the expression change on Kenobi's face when he suddenly realizes that Maul is starting to figure out why he's there and you can see the sort of like you know he was just sort of playing it cool you know I'm just out here you know helping this other guy Ezra and when Maul starts to put the pieces together you can see Watch his eyes. Watch him look Maul over and watch the expression change in his face where he's realizing, I may have to do something here that I wasn't re- – I was hoping I really didn't have to do. Because, you know, you look at these two guys. They are really cut from the same cloth. They may have chosen different sides of the force, you know, to follow. But they are really brothers in the end. And look at the way when that final battle happens and – Kenobi takes Maul's life. Maul isn't mad anymore when he suddenly realizes, are you, are you hopefully looking after the chosen one? Cause he's going to avenge us all hopefully. And you can see the, the pity, the empathy in Kenobi's eyes as he holds him like the, you know, the famous statue of yeah. Mary, the, you know, the dead body of Jesus. I mean, that's, that's exactly what you're seeing there in that shot. You're seeing this sort of empathy for someone, you know, that, you know, he doesn't look as, as Maul as evil. He's he just sees a very unfortunate life, you know, now come to an end and he wish it would have happened differently. You know, when we watched this episode the very first time, uh, one of the things that w- like we were all just taken aback by, obviously, the duel um, and how fast it was that Ben defeated Maul. Um, like I think most fans were uh, when they saw it originally, it took him back a little bit. But then when you're talking about Ben holding Maul, um, 
and they have that conversation about the chosen one. We were watching that and all three of us sort of just start, sat up a little bit taller because I had never, none of us had ever considered the idea that Ben Kenobi thought that Luke. Every day we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. ...was the chosen one because we had heard that language only really referring to Anakin in the prequel era. Um, and then Maul is asking if he's the chosen one. Uh, what did you... Do you... Did both... Both Ben, from your perspective, Ben and Maul really believed that Luke was the chosen one. And how did that play out after the prequel area from your, like, your, your, your head canon, as, as fans would call it? Well, I think, and you can see this, this is sort of like, uh, sort of telegraphed to the audience in that final shot of Ben Kenobi on his uh, do back in that episode. You know, they, at this point, the character, the characters don't know what the audience knows. That, uh, Luke Skywalker is not the chosen one, that it is Anakin Skywalker. But they don't know that because Anakin Skywalker was such a disaster right. that they think, well, we made the wrong choice. Mm-hmm. And watch Ben Kenobi as he as he watches uh, Luke from a distance, you know, as you know, you hear Aunt Beru calling him in, you know, for dinner, you know, as the sun is setting, the suns are setting. Uh, you can see him like, you know, looking at stroking his beard and wondering, like, I hope this is the chosen one this time. I hope we're making, we made the right decision. Mm. You can tell it's not set in stone. They think maybe he is, but they're not a hundred percent sure. You know, there's still, it's an open-ended question for these guys at this point, because I don't think the Jedi at this point trust themselves a hundred percent because things just kind of fell apart all over <laughs> the place in a way that I don't think, you know, they got so wrapped up into other things. They didn't see it coming. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a wonderful way to end that episode. Mm-hmm. It's really a question. I don't think it's set in stone. Mm-hmm. You know, and the, and the idea that the, the thought process that old Ben is going through as he sees Luke and this, you know, questioning the past and failures and things like that, it, it really does connect um, going forward 30 plus years in the story to Luke on Octu because it's the same kind of a mindset. You know, Luke has now secluded himself. Luke is questioning the Jedi uh, way and, and as far as the order goes and things like that. So it's a really neat connection between the two, isn't it? It is. And, you know, I, I love the way they make connections like that uh, in this whole uh, this saga because it helps to tie it. It helps you understand the characters better and it ties everything up really nicely. 
That's awesome. So let's talk a little bit about some of the other stuff uh, that's our favorite uh, Star Wars Rebels moment. Because uh, we went to bed uh, laughing last night uh-huh. um, after watching Double Agent Droid because of especially the ending with AP5. So tell us, um, I've got to ask first of all, how did you come up with the voice for that character? AP5, uh, his voice is 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 actually based on uh, a character from Die Hard. It's uh, Alan Rickman's okay. character of Hans, Hans Gruber. And <laughs> usually when we do um, auditions for um, for the Star Wars franchise, they're usually done very sort of secretly. You know, they'll change the title of the script. They'll take out any words that have anything to do with Star Wars. And um, it's just so that, you know, leaks don't happen. And But in this particular case, they wanted to, everyone to know that this was going to be Chopper's counterpart. Okay. So they had okay. given a description of what this character was like. And I had laid down, like, um, I usually try to give Dave Filoni some, some different choices, uh, you know, based on their description. You don't get a, a drawing of the character. They don't let that stuff go out. It's usually a... Okay. Uh, a written description. So I gave him like four different things to choose from. And then I gave him a fifth one that was really based on the dialogue that they gave me for the, uh, the audition. The dialogue was a little different from the show. It was very confrontational. It was, and it, and AP five was kind of, kind of mean, a little, a little narcissistic, self-absorbed and, and just kind of mean to chopper. And when I was just playing around with it, saying the dialogue out loud, I said, this sounds, sounds like Hans Gruber from Die Hard. <laughs> he was really into himself and very narcissistic and, you know, a little holier than thou type of attitude coming through. So I laid that one down really more for fun. And um, I happened to run into Dave Filoni uh, probably a number of weeks later in the, the kitchen of uh, the studio that uh, that a bunch of different projects record in in L.A. And I was actually working on a different show at the time. And uh, he says, hey, you know, we really love um, you know what you did for um, AP5. We're, you know, we're glad you're going to be doing the voice. And I said, which one um, – which voice did you guys end up picking? He goes, oh, you know, the that Hans Gruber, the Alan Rickman thing that you did. So I was like, oh, my goodness, okay, that's uh, that's going to be a lot of fun, you know, so I was really looking forward to uh, doing the voice, you know. Right, that that's awesome. Now, now talking about Dave Filoni and AP5, we found out at the close of Star Wars Rebels that Dave Filoni was the one voicing Chopper. So I've got to ask... Did you guys actually record the Chopper uh, AP5 dialogue from Double Agent Droid together? Like, did you did he interact with you on that? So you were having that back and forth. No, actually, I was the only one in the room doing. Uh, well, not on that particular show. Uh, on the okay. very first episode that I did as AP5, um, I kept trying to get Dave to to read the dialogue. <laughs> He absolutely refused to do it. Like he, <laughs> like he wasn't Chopper. He wasn't. So Henry Gilroy actually read okay. the lines to me when, the, and there was actually lines written down because I needed to know how to react to the conversation. So in the script, Chopper just doesn't just doesn't say noises or whatever. There's actual dialogue written for you to respond to, uh, you know, in English. So, so that's the way uh, that's the way it went down there in Double Agent Droid. Actually, the whole cast was there for that one. Um, and, you know, that's the one where AP5 sings. And uh, every, we were pretty much done with that whole episode. And, you know, Dave was letting everybody know that they could they could go. You know, Freddie and the rest of them were like, no, 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 we have to hear um, AP5 sing. 
So everyone's kind of stuck around for that. The song that I sang in there, there was no music or anything. I just kind of made that tune up. And then Kevin Kiner uh, wrote music around my, my warblings. And um, it was a little bit longer of a song than what you heard in the, <laughs> in the episode. I think they cut it for time or just to be kind to everybody so they wouldn't have to listen to AP5 sing for so long. But um, <laughs> they, Do you remember the rest of the lyrics? Are you ready to sing it now for everybody? <laughs> no, I don't. I don't. It's, uh, it's, there was a few extra lines in there where, you know, we're sort of ramping up, you know, and I did it a few different ways. I belted out like a Broadway type version. <laughs> and said, what, no, no one was really sure what it what. It, should be and dave was very open to um to you know to letting me just kind of like play around with it and see what see what works but uh, what's other what's interesting about that episode is that's also the episode uh where we discussed um the discussion of ben kenobi came up okay Uh, what happened was uh early on before we started you know we kind of always kind of just talk about catching up on news and things and somebody had mentioned that disney infinity 3.0 was being discontinued mm-hmm. and i asked dave filoni i said hey did you know that meber gascon is in disney infinity that's <laughs> like, no no i didn't know that he goes did you do the voice and i said no i didn't i said you know i don't think that the uh the people that were running the show there, I don't think they knew that I did the voice of Mieber, because I said I gladly would have done it, because I was there already uh, voicing Ben Kenobi. And Dave was all of a sudden said, oh, because that's right, you, you do voice Ben Kenobi. He goes, let me, uh, let me hear a little bit of your Alec Guinness. And I said, you know, like, okay. And then, I, and then I could not think, my mind just went blank, and I couldn't think of anything to say. And I believe Vanessa Marshall okay. uh, she's standing next to me, and she's like, you know, you're like, Psst, you know, do the do the scum and villainy villainy line. Oh yeah, that's a good one. And I turned to the microphone, and then I suddenly said, "How's it go? How does it, what does he say?" I couldn't believe it. I just got I just got kind of nervous, and and so I I, I laid um, I said a couple of lines for them, and you know they're in the control booth, right? And, you know, when they let go of the button, you can't hear them anymore. So Dave lets go of the button, and he turns back, and he just starts talking to Henry Gilroy, and they're smiling or whatever. And I'm like, "What was that all about?" And I, you know, and then that was it. He didn't say anything the rest of the session. And then when the session was over, Dave pulled me aside and said, "Look, you know, we're we've got this idea for an episode where we would need the Alec Guinness Ben Kenobi in it." Um, he says, "It's not a greenlit." It hasn't been approved yet. We don't know if we're going to do it yet. But he said, would you be interested in laying some uh, some vocal tracks down for that? And that's where he explained to me that, you know, it's probably going to be a temp and you don't know where this is going. But that's the uh, the whole genesis of, of where that came about. I mean, um, you know, it just came out of the blue like that. It just kind of evolved. That's cool. That's awesome. Yeah, one of our favorite parts, though, in uh, the Double Agent Droid is the part when... Uh, AP5 is going back with, you know, going uh, up up against Chopper, and he's all like, you know, anything I can, or you can do, I can do better. And, you know, Chopper warbles something, and he's like, yes, I can. And, you know, they go back and forth. Who, whose idea was it to to pattern that after the song, anything you can do, I can do better? You know, I'm going to, you would have to ask the, uh, the author of that particular script, which is Brent Friedman, who has written... You know, he wrote Brent. I, I've, I think I've worked on almost all of his uh, screenplays for uh, the Star Wars saga. He did the Morale Evolve arc and Clone Wars, the Mieber Gascon arc. 
Um, you know, he's done some wonderful, wild, crazy things. I'm going to guess it was his idea. And it's kind of funny because the, the show starts with, in a sense, a musical number. Right. Foreshadowing the fact that there's an actual song coming at the end. But, yeah, that bit from Annie Get Your Gun is like it's so brilliantly done. And one of the funniest things about it is that, you know, the, it, we get the opening teaser. We smash cut to the title. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. We go to a commercial break. We come back and they're still arguing. <laughs> right. Brilliant. The timing, the comedic timing on that was just so well done. But I'm going to have to guess that was Brent. He could uh, – you guys should probably get him on the show and, and talk to him. He's, oh, a, awesome. he's a great guy, really interesting. He's done a lot of great stuff for Star Wars. Yeah, one of the things I love about having that in this episode, and that happens so often in Rebels and in Clone Wars and even now in Resistance, is that there are these moments that as a kid you hear that exchange between AP5 and Chopper and you probably don't pick up on what's going on there. But adults or, or even grandparents in this case watching with their grandkids, they would immediately pick up on that and it sort of like brings the generations together in this. I love how Star Wars animation has done that for us. It's such a neat, neat moment. No, it, it, there's a lot of stuff that they've done over the years, the little Easter eggs and, and references to, you know, the fact that the original Star Wars is based on like Saturday morning serials. Right. That's mm-hmm. something that only adults were getting at that time. I didn't catch on to that. I did, I'd never seen an episode of Flash Gordon or Buck Rogers. And then when they started playing them after Star Wars was uh, popular, I'm like, oh, that's where that title crawl comes from. That was a salute to those old uh, serials right that's cool nate so what was it like creating a very funny episode and then followed by a very serious one well i mean that they kind of do that a lot in the uh in the series you know they kind of i think they sort of plot out these emotional arcs you know for um uh, for the audience so that, you know, it doesn't become like a one notes uh, show, you know, they have your lighter moments to give you a chance to breathe. And then they have the heavier things that come in for me, you know, I wasn't doing them, you know, like one week after the other, like the way you see them, you know, there's sometimes months involved or, or at least weeks between the time that we do one to the other. So, you know, you're playing a different character. So, you know, I just go with the flow. It's, it's, it's not, it's not too difficult for me to switch gears because, like I said, there's a lot of time that usually passes between one episode and the next. It's not right. like a live-action TV series where you're rehearsing every week you know, for the next week's episode. Yeah, and you guys record these episodes like way in advance from when they actually air on TV, right? Yeah, they'll, they'll, uh, 
the way animation works is you you record your dialogue first and then you you know you take out your selects and then you animate to the dialogue so yeah they in order to meet their production schedule they have to have a lot of stuff in the backlog um, for the animators to work with especially when um, you know they're doing such detailed work like the animation companies with Lucasfilm do Um. So then I guess that means that you, like, uh, for example, with Resistance right now, we're at like seventh or eighth episode uh, in the season as fans watching Resistance. You've already recorded way in advance on this. So you know where the story arc is going uh, with Resistance. What's it like for you to watch the fans react to the shows? Because I'm sure it was this way on Clone Wars and Rebels as well. What's it like to react uh, to see the fans react to the shows, knowing what's going to happen down the line? Well, that's where, uh, from our side, <laughs> we have to practice uh, that Jedi uh, attribute of patience. Because you know, we're already so excited because we know what's going to happen and we know what's in store. And, you know, for the audience, especially on a, on a brand new show with new characters, you know, you've got to take the time to set the, set the scene, explain who everybody is. Especially if you're doing something that's geared uh, for for families and and, uh, and and for kids like Star Wars Resistance is, you know, it's a family show, so it takes into consideration that there are people that are already familiar with Star Wars and there are people that don't know anything about Star Wars. So you have to take the time to sit up. Who are the good guys? Who are the bad guys? What's the Star Wars universe all about? You know, what's their objective? And then once you sort of like have that foundation. The story can start to move forward, and you know that's when it gets really exciting. So, you know, for older fans and people that know a lot about Star Wars, sometimes they get a little impatient because they already know what's going on. They just want to jump right in and get to the action. But you got to take it slow, especially when you have a brand new set of characters that nobody really knows much about. And as you've seen on Star Wars Resistance, there's uh, secrets are starting to be revealed slowly. All right, so now one of those secrets, at least from our perspective, is about Griff. We're trying to figure out something. So BB Nate has a question about that. So does Griff Halloran sympathize with the Resistance or the First Order? If you can answer that. If you can. <laughs> well, I think you would have to, you'd have to look at his, his position right now. What is he doing? He's one of the aces. So he's there protecting the Colossus. So that means at this point in the story... Uh, you'd have to say, like, he's one of the good guys. He was one of the bad guys, obviously. He's got Imperial Cogs tattooed on his arm, and he runs around in old TIE fighter pilot gear, and that's what his ship is like. And I think in that race that um, we um, we saw that, um, you know, that uh, he he's not afraid to use blasters. <laughs> and, uh, take, 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 a look at his, take a look at his haircut, and then... And then, uh, look at this haircut. It kind of reminds me of uh, of Pre Vizsla. Ah, interesting. They have seemed, and 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 you know, you kind of look at the ages, and you know, there's always backstories and things. You never know. I mean, Dave Filoni uh, and I had a conversation about um, um, about. Um, you know, his backstory. So I know a little bit more than, sure, yeah. than the general person does. But, you know, um, you know, age wise, he did tell me that, you know, he said, you know, this guy comes from sort of the original trilogy era. So he said, you know, he's around 
the same age as Han Solo would be in The Force Awakens. They're about that age. He's about that age. So knowing that that's about how old he is, you can kind of go backwards and see, like, well, what experiences might he have had during, you know, some of the events of the Star Wars saga that we know about. But that's about all I can tell you. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, all right, so we've got a couple. We're going to let you go here in a couple minutes because I know that you've got other things to do and we want to respect your time. But let's go ahead and, uh, and talk through some last-minute fun questions that we have here. We're just going to run through these in order, starting with question two. Nate, go with it. Okay. So what do you think old Ben named his dewback? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, that would. Uh, what do you think he named him? Because that's, that's a pretty good question. Do you have something in mind that... Uh... He, he was trying to do this. He's not as well prepared as he was with Turbis when we asked well, Ryan Johnson about the pork on the Millennium Falcon. It was, it was, we were thinking last night, and we kind of just only spitballed one idea and then never came up with anything else. So I guess this is a Dewey. Yeah, Dewey. Yeah. <laughs> That's a I don't know how long Dewbacks live, so I don't know if he's had the same one the whole time or if he's gone through a series of them. You guys might know more about the lifespan of a Dewback, but yeah. uh, I, I will have to research that after the show <laughs> so we can talk about it. All right, let's go with the next one, Nate. Um, what do you? Th- what did you think when Hera said, "Do you think he, meaning Old Ben, is hidden on some backwater planet?" At the beginning of that episode, yeah, that was one you wanted to find out. No, no. What's the question exactly? What do I? So, think? at the beginning of Twin Suns, before Ezra absconds his ship to head to Tatooine, um, they're talking about um, Obi Wan Kenobi um, after he has that sees the video or the uh, of of uh, of the young prequel era uh, Ben uh, Obi Wan Kenobi talking about the Jedi, and then he's talking with Hera about it, and Hera makes this comment, just throws it away. We were watching it last night, and Nate liked this comment. He says, he asks Ezra, do you think he is hidden on some backwater planet? Which, realistically, he was on that. Did they tell you about sort of that exchange before you uh, recorded your scenes for that, or or did you wait and have to see that on the the show itself? No, no, I didn't, uh, you know, I don't know what exactly, if that was just kind of a sort of uh, a wink and a nod to the audience or what was actually behind that. Um, once again, that'd be a really good question to ask, uh, to ask Brent. Uh, no, excuse me. That's, um, that's Dave Filoni. He oh, actually, yeah. That's a whole, that's a little harder guy to get to get a, an I'll, interview. <laughs> I'll ask the next time I, I run into him, I'll, it's a, it's a good question. And, you know, it was whether, whether or not it's a little foreshadowing, you know, um, probably, I mean, you know, but you, you never know with Dave. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay, Nathan's got one more here. <laughs> so, what was the first Star Wars character that you portrayed? Ben Kenobi. Awesome. Really? For the games, for Battlefront 2? Yeah, it was the, the first time, uh, that was the very first character I did. Now, the, uh, for the television shows, the first character I did uh, was for Clone Wars, and that would be uh, Masameda. Oh, that's right. Uh, yeah, awesome. Interesting. So, on that note, which was your favorite Star Wars character to portray out of them all? <laughs> that is, that is a super tough uh, question <laughs> because there's so much fun. I mean, you know, um, playing Admiral Radis in Rogue One. I mean, that was uh, that was such a such a treat because yeah. that's for one of the live action films, and mm-hmm. he was such a great character. And I love that film, Rogue One. I was so happy to be a part of it. But you know. 
doing doing the voice matching the characters like Peter Cushing's Tarkin mm-hmm. or uh, Alec Guinness's uh, Kenobi. Those are a lot of fun because their characters are iconic. But you know, it becomes a lot of fun to to create original characters like Mieber Gascon and AP Five. So it's it's really it's tough. I always enjoy. I always have a good time going in, whether it's playing Griff. Um, you know, it doesn't it doesn't matter. I, I always have a good time playing those characters. I always look forward to it. In fact, I love the variety of it. The fact that there's so many characters that kind of keep rotating. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. In and out of the saga that, uh, you know, that I get to voice, that's that's really a lot of fun. Now, I'm not going to put you on the spot here, but with the announcement of the new Cassian Andor Rogue One prequel series, um, I think that fans all around would be really excited if uh, if Radis showed up again in a series. Would you be excited about that if it happened? Oh, of course. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, he's, he's a wonderful character. And... Um, so I'll just leave it at that. That's cool. That's cool. What uh, now? Outside of just the characters you portrayed, overall, do you have a favorite Star Wars character? Because we do. Uh, you know, most fans have that one character that they just gravitate towards. Do you have a character like that? Yeah, I can tell you. There's one that has, holds a special place in my heart, and I, I just you may actually see a photograph of me dressed as him, and that's Lobot from Empire. Oh, nice. Oh. <laughs> such a great character and once again there's so much mystery surrounding him because you know he never really says anything we did a photo shoot recently and i and uh we had a i had a complete you know screen accurate uh, lobot costume on it was a lot of fun to kind of put on the headgear and the suit and just be lobot for a day yeah that's cool and it's funny because there's a lobot you know like a similar cyborg type character in double agent droid kind of a wink to the Lobot character. Was that portrayed by, was it Josh Gad that did that Josh one? Gad. Yeah, he was playing the controller. And that was, that was a, uh, there was a combination of things they did in that. They were doing sort of a combination of Lobot and if you've ever seen THX 1138, yeah. those are the headsets that they wear in that film. You know, they all have the shaved heads and they have the, the yeah. weird, like, you know, strange looking headgear on so that was a combination of uh of several things there's a lot of easter eggs in that film especially if you watch that episode if you watch what's on screen while they're uh downloading data okay we'll have to watch it again sometime soon uh, to do that all right bb nate one last question for for steven here okay is there any star wars character you haven't voiced that you would like to if it were possible well, I would, uh, I'd still go back to Lobot. I'd like to hear him speak. So, um, you know, he would be a fun one to, uh, to give voice to. And then, you know, the, the thing for me is, uh, it's not so much the old ones that I would like to, you know, 
to, to voice, which is always fun. But I'm always excited when they keep creating new characters like Griff for me to uh, have a chance to voice because that's where we get to create new kind of exciting things that the fans haven't seen before. And it's always fun to add things to the saga. Yeah, absolutely. Instead of just portraying somebody, another character that's already been uh, on screen or something like that. Okay, so one last question. Um, it, you know, th- since we we've got this multi generational father son thing going in here, we've got two uh, up and coming uh, young men that uh, are on here. If if old Ben Kenobi uh, were to give any advice to Samuel the Hutt and BB Nate about just kind of moving forward in life. What do you think? You know, he's sitting there on Tatooine. He's it's the day before uh, Luke and R two come back into his life, and he's thinking about these two kids that he knew called Sam and Nate. What advice would Ben Kenobi give them? Um, I think he would tell them to uh, be true to themselves and uh, help uh, help leave the world a little better place than you found it. That's awesome. Thank you so much. Hey, uh, Stephen, thank you so much for being on here. I, you know, uh, I, I know I've mentioned it on Twitter, and, and but Twitter's only got a few characters, so uh, you need to know how important this episode of, tw- of Rebels was, Twin Sons, to us. It was at a point in our lives where I had moved to California for a job, and Christy, my wife, and Sam and Nate were still here in Colorado, and uh, we were separated from each other, and we would sit there uh, every single week, and we would watch Star Wars Rebels at the same time and then when the episode was over we'd get off the phone or get on uh, get on the phone together and talk about the episode but the the day um that uh, twin sons aired was actually my birthday and i had flown back uh from california to colorado and spent that uh that weekend with my family and we sat there and watched twin sons and it was such an amazing episode it became our favorite episode of any within the star wars animation realm and uh interestingly then a few months later when i was getting ready to move them back out we watched it again and we were talking about this idea of starting a youtube channel or a podcast or something and we were trying to come up with a name for it and we had watched twin sons and sam tell the rest of the story there. yeah and so nathan and i were we're brainstorming a bunch of names and i'm like well what about Twin sons, S O N S, you know, because we're 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 dad's sons, but it didn't work because we we're not twins, obviously. So I'm like, well, what about Tatooine sons, as an S O N S, you know? And I sent it to dad, and he's like, I like it. I think we'll use that. So, it in a way, that episode of Twin Sons inspired us. Well, inspired the name of this podcast, and sort of helped kind of give us that final push to start the podcast. Yeah, it was awesome. Well, that's absolutely that's a wonderful story. That's uh, that's beautiful. I love hearing that. And and you know, congratulations to you guys for you know um, for like I said for your one year anniversary. And uh, you know, before I go, I know you guys have a lot of guests on the show, and uh, you're gonna I want to say hi to one of them before I go, and that's Arnold Fit. You guys are gonna be talking to him. Yeah, Is that right? absolutely. Yeah. Arnold and I got together here in Los Angeles. He's a great, he's a wonderful young man. He's got some great stories to tell. He has been traveling the world. And of course, I know what you guys want to talk to him about, but he has seen a lot of things in the last number of, uh, number of weeks. So I just wanted to say hi to Arnold and uh, hope he's doing well. Well, we will definitely pass that on to Arnold when he's on the show uh, about an hour or so from now. Stephen, thank you again so much. It's been really great having you on the show. Thanks for being a part of it. Hey, you guys, uh, it was great talking to you, and uh, may the force be with you always. Awesome. Thank you so much, Stephen.
All right. Wow. What is that? Okay, it's our moment now. Steven's off uh, the line. Uh, let's breathe for just a second. <laughs> wow. What do you guys think? Initial reactions from that interview. We'll start with you, Samuel. I don't know. That was so cool. I mean, I mean, I, it's just, I mean, I've always had this problem when something big happens. I don't really, I can't really think about it for a minute. It'll just stuff comes to me. Like, days after. Right. So, right now, everything's just a bit of a blur. Stuff will start, like, solidifying <laughs> in my mind as we go along. You'll just hear me sitting there in the podcast, and I'll be like, oh! You know? And that'll be me realizing something that just happened from the interview there. Yeah, that was pretty cool. It was a little overwhelming, wasn't it, BB Nate? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so what did you, what were your thoughts on our, our little interaction with Mr. Stanton there? Um, I'm like, Sam, really, it just comes to me later, and... After after I'm fully like like you've had a chance to breathe yeah yeah <laughs> what about cool. you dad yeah it's uh for me it's it's just sort of the perfect cap to an amazing yeah. year that we could have never ever ever dreamt up <laughs> we were joking about it in the intro uh, or when we were introducing Stephen um, but it's funny we're a year ago literally right now. Uh, this is the way our world was. We had uh, tried to start a YouTube channel in the summer of 2017, and just were not finding our rhythm. We weren't. It was taking way too long to produce stuff. We wanted it to be better than it was, uh, you know, higher quality than we were capable of doing with the equipment and the expertise and the timing. And we just were struggling uh, with it. And so, uh, middle of I guess the beginning of November last year, uh, we decided. Um, let's try to do a podcast. I had been looking into the idea of a podcast and how to get one started. It seemed like technically it was a lot easier for us to handle. Mm-hmm. Um, we wouldn't have to be doing a ton of editing, especially with the software or the service that we were signing on with uh, using Spreaker and Blog Talk Radio. It was a, a little bit more plug and play for us. And uh, so we were. We decided, let's give it a shot. The Last Jedi is getting ready to come out at the middle of December. Let's podcast this thing for at least, you know, a, a, a three. Excuse me, a three month period, and see what happens. If we love doing it, and we uh, want to keep going after that, we will. So uh, we began prepping for it. And uh, the Friday night uh, before, I think it was December first. Uh, so a year ago today, it was a Friday night. Um, we heard that the cast of the, the Last Jedi were going to be uh, special guests on a live episode of Jimmy Kimmel uh, that uh, that evening, and uh, uh, the next day we had heard that at the Scum and Villainy Cantina in Hollywood, uh, this guy that we had uh, heard about because of the Your Snoke Theory Sucks uh, stickers and some of the other stuff with that named Steel Saunders was going to be doing a live recording of his podcast there. And so I was trying to figure out if we could get up to Scum and Villainy Cantina that afternoon or evening, uh, whenever the, the show was, to to uh, go to that because we thought that would be fun to do and go see Scum and Villainy Cantina. Little did we know when I went to go buy the tickets, you had to be 18 years or older. Uh, it wasn't necessarily family friendly, although Steel is an awesome guy. We'll be here from him a little bit later. Um, it wasn't necessarily a family-friendly uh, environment, so we couldn't take the boys. Uh, so we stayed up that Friday night till 12.30 or 1 o'clock yeah, watching, yeah, watching that episode of Jimmy Kimmel and, and hoping for some type of a spoiler. That was the one with the Chewbacca tree. 
Yeah, the Chewbacca tree and stuff. <laughs> and then do you look in the audience and Steel was in the audience. That's right. Of it. Holding up your Snoke Theory Sucks stickers and there was somebody dressed, I think, as Rose in the audience mm-hmm. um, with it, which she was actually at the last Jedi screening that we went to a couple of months later. We'll get to that here in just a minute. Uh, so, you know, this was all surrounding it. We wake up the next morning. I'm a kind of like today, a nervous wreck trying to get all the pieces together. We've never done a live interview on uh, this episode. This- With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Show. We've never done an interview with a, a, a quote-unquote Star Wars celebrity uh, like we did today. So I, uh, you know, today I was kind of a mess. I was up at like 6 a.m. trying to get everything together. It was the same way a year ago today uh, when I was getting the podcast ready. And there we are. It's literally 30 minutes before we've told... You know, people on Twitter, we had like 200 followers, I think, at the time. <laughs> um, and we were like thrilled for that 200 followers. And we still are for all of you guys. But we uh, we realized, we, we tell them the show's going to go on live at 10 a.m. And then the next thing you know, I can't find the microphone. <laughs> and I had had to use it at work the day before, and I had left it at work. So we <laughs> jump in the car, and we race to my work, which is 10 minutes away, grab it as fast as we can, race back to the house, hook it back up. And start our very first episode. <laughs> and that was a year ago uh, right now. That's crazy. And there's been some amazing, unbelievable things that have happened uh, in the last year. And uh, let's take the next, I don't know, 45 minutes to an hour maybe uh, before Arnold joins us. Uh, which I, that's a cool connection. Had no idea Steve yeah, knew I, Arnold. That was crazy. So can't wait to talk to Arnold about that. Um, but let's... Uh, Let's uh, go through and talk about our like our biggest moments or a highlight of the year. There's been so many of them. I know it's a lot to take. BB Nate, obviously, we're going to go first with you. What was your biggest moment of 2018? Well, it was um, Turbis, of course. <laughs> what else could it be? <laughs> um, yeah, that was a big moment for me. Um, a very interesting part. It was, that was the main pivot in the whole our whole podcast and we got really into Star yeah. this podcast and we were getting really into it and so it was a really a pivotal moment yeah. for the show but I'm like I don't think we ever ever would have dreamt you know a year ago today man I, I, I wonder if we'll be at an exclusive IMAX screening of The Last Jedi with the director and Nathan's gonna name the Porg in the morning no I mean like, there was no, how do you predict this kind of stuff it's just like but I mean, we've gone, like, so far in so little time. Well, let's do this, because we've been talking for over an hour now, and we've got another couple hours of podcasting we're going to do today. Why don't we just go back in the in the, in the the time machine and play a few minutes of the uh, the episode where we actually uh, tell the story right after um, getting back from that screening and, and BB Nate naming Turbis the Pork. Here's one thing that's going to be absolutely hilarious for all of you listening right now. It's very, very clear that in the last 12 months... BB Nate has gone through a voice change. You'll hear that as he begins to tell the story. Chance to live out his dream. 
So we're getting there. Okay, so let's back up. We started the first question. Um, the, the topic was, the, did, did Chewie eat the pork? And that was my question. And we had sort of talked about making that the question and use, or make, you know, letting me use the fortune cookie and all that. And, um, you know, Nathan had brought up that he had a question that he wanted to ask. Um, and it's a great question. But okay. we've been uh, teasing it this whole time. Yeah, it's a great question. But it, you know, it just, it wouldn't have made sense for me to ask that question. And they called on me. So I needed to answer the question, ask the question that fit with what I did. It needed to be sort of lighthearted and fun and not the question that you asked. The question that you asked is a question that a 12 year old would ask. So we're sitting there and they're asking more questions after that. And I'm not trying to put Nathan on the spot. You're a 12 year old kid. Okay. I look over at you and I can see that you're visibly upset at one point. And I'm like, what the heck is going on? This is like an amazing experience. And I'm looking over here and Nathan, BB Nate is upset about something. So I'm like asking him and he's trying to tell me, but he's also trying not to be upset. And it's obviously about, he didn't get a chance to ask his question and it was really important to him. Yeah. Right. They were nearing the end of the question. And we were getting close to the ends of the questions with it. So... I don't want you to explain why right now, BB Nate, that you wanted to ask this question, answer, or why you wanted to ask this question and your thought process behind it. Because we'll talk about that in a second, okay? And I'll let you know when. Don't talk about why it was so important for you to ask the question in your head at that point. It gets to the point, Stephen Weintraub announces that they're going to be doing autographs and we have to start wrapping it up. So you got like five to ten more minutes. We're going to answer as many questions as we can or ask as many questions as we can. And Ryan's going to answer them. And I look over at Nathan and Nathan looked like he's about ready to take on like the New England Patriots at the Super Bowl and think he's going to win. His eyes have a fire in them in that moment and he's sitting up straight and his shoulders are back and his chest is out and I'm like what is going on with this kid and what did you tell me um I'm gonna ask the question right so he's like I'm gonna ask this question and I'm sitting there Nathan is naturally an introvert okay <laughs> oh, you know, he's like, naturally huge. doesn't like to talk in public and things like that he's great at it he's done it before but he doesn't naturally do that right and so I lean over and I'm like, it's okay, Nate, you can ask him because we have the autograph session coming up. We know what's coming. So I'm like, Nate, you can ask him at the autograph session if you want. And what did you tell me, BB Nate? No, I'm going to ask it now. And you meant that. It was like you were not going to be denied. So then they start asking questions rapid fire and like two questions get through. And then all of a sudden they reach up and point towards BB Nate. Yeah. Um, what is the name of the pork on the Millennium Falcon? What is the name of the pork on the Millennium Falcon? <laughs> There's a few, though, on the Millennium Falcon. Not her main one. I know oh, you mean the one that is. What do you think his name is? <laughs> Sorry, no, no. What do you think? Uh, maybe Turbis? Turbis? <laughs> Pablo, if you're listening to this live stream, that pork's name is now Turbis. <laughs> What <laughs> just happened? <laughs> Folks, okay, there's a name that's thrown in there. We're going to play this clip again for all of you listening right now. This is Ryan Johnson that's answering this question. He's answering BB Nate's 
Question. It's a simple question. Tell us again what the question is. Um, what is the name of the program in the Millennium Falcon? Like the main one. You right. Know, the one that's the, the, very, the whole and at the Battle of Kray. Scream and get yeah, the one that was all the, all, Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> what is the name of the Porg on the Millennium Falcon? And this is the writer and director of The Last Jedi answer, that, that's talking with him. So that's what you got here. And then he mentions the name of someone. He says, Pablo, if you're new to the Star Wars world and you're not familiar with Star Wars canon and the Lucasfilm story group, you may not know who Pablo Hidalgo is. A couple of years ago, I didn't know who Pablo Hidalgo was. Pablo Hidalgo is one of the heads of Lucasfilm Story Group. So let's give this the background on that. First of all, he's been working at Lucasfilm for years. He's a huge Star Wars geek and nerd. He knows more about Star Wars than any uh, any person on, on the planet. And he's been working for Lucasfilm for years. But in 2012, George Lucas sold Lucasfilm to Disney. And Disney made the decision that there was just too much going on in the expanded universe and too many things that were restricting the stories that they wanted to tell. So they made the decision to eliminate everything before 2012 from Star Wars canon except for parts of the uh, the Clone Wars series Mm -hmm. that had started before that. And let the Clone Wars be canon and anything new. The original movies, the Clone Wars series... And then anything new that they came out with from that point forward would be canon, meaning official Star Wars lore, officially right. recognized Star Wars inf- legend and, and or information. And then everything else that was outside of that, they would just call the legends of Star Wars, and they would be separate stories. So Pablo Hidalgo was put in charge of this group, and so Ryan Johnson mentions this guy on the video or on the on the recording. So let's play it again for all of you, and for now that you've got a little bit more backstory. This is, again, what happened on Wednesday night. Yeah. Um, what is the name of the pork on the Millennium Falcon? What is the name of the pork on the Millennium Falcon? <laughs> there was a few ago on the Millennium Falcon. Not our main one. I know oh, you mean one of the <laughs> What do you think his name is? What do you think? Maybe Turbis? Turbis? Pablo, if you're listening to this live stream... You can't hardly hear it at the very end because the crowd is like going flipping nuts nuts at the end here. But Ryan Johnson looks at BB Nate and says, that porg is Star Wars canon. All right, so before we continue with the clip, I just want to interject here. The recording that we got originally, you could not understand clearly what was going on. And its I swear, we mic'd that thing up as loud as we could while everybody was cheering and screaming uh, to try to hear what he said. And we swear that's what we thought he said. Obviously, that's not what he said. We got the, When the Collider uh, clip actually came out directly, we were able to get it uh, more clearly. And what he said was, that's a good Star Wars name. So we just want to interject that here. It was an innocent mistake. We we want him to be canon. We'll come back and talk about that a little bit later. <laughs> but at this point, we wanted to make sure we clarified that. So we'll continue on now. Boom! <laughs> what? I cannot believe that happened. BB Nate, what in the world was going through your mind when all of that happened? Um... N- nothing. I was kind of like... <laughs> just shell-shocked? Shell-shocked, yeah. 
Because I didn't even think I was going to get called on. Because they were only like... There were 30 or 40 people racing. Oh, yeah. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. There's still so many questions. And, and I was... Dad already had his question answered. Right? And I was sitting next to him. And I thought they wouldn't go near this again. And I just raised my hand out of just pure, like... I'm just going to do it because I just, just, I'm going to try. Yeah. And it happens. And I kind of am like, okay, what do I do? And so I ask the question (laughs) and I tell, and he tells me, what do you, I think it is. And I say the name and he says that Porg's name, that Porg is Star Wars canon. (laughs) (laughs) What? First of all, I doubt you're listening. We joke on this podcast almost every week that Ryan's listening to our podcast. Although Ryan endorsed our podcast. Oh, yeah. Check us out on Twitter. We'll have to add that. I was still busy adding sound effects from this that were like about making Star Wars canon. I forgot to add that endorsement. Ryan Johnson actually endorsed our podcast and told everybody to listen to it. And if you go to our Twitter page, Tatooine Sons, it's the first. It's pinned to the top of our timeline. So you can see the video of that there, which is absolutely amazing. But anyway... Um, I don't even know what I was talking about. So I lost my train of thought. But we're sitting there and it's just like you cannot believe that this moment is taking place. This night can't get any better. Not talking. Not right. Not listening to the podcast. What? You can just say it, Nate. I don't know. What he, he said. Oh, yeah. So I was talking about not him not listening to the podcast. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Ryan. Okay. If by chance, because we're going to tag Ryan on this podcast and tell him that we tell this story on it and ask him to listen to it. And so, Ryan, if by chance you listen to this podcast, to this episode, in the mid- which would blow our minds beyond anything we could oh. imagine. Ryan, if you're listening to this, I need you to know you made a 12-year-old boy's <laughs> dream come true. And you don't know the rest of this story. Ryan, the part that you're about to hear is new to you, Ryan. We haven't told this to anybody. And I want BB Nate to tell it. So BB Nate, first of all, how did you come up with the idea for this question? Um, well, I came up with the idea because I love porgs and porgs are like one of my favorite things. They're the Ewok of this generation. They oh, are the absolutely. Ewoks of this generation. But people seem to like the porgs even more than they like the Ewoks. Yeah, I was talking with uh, Stephen Montraub. Yeah, and he was saying that. Oh, I love the porks. I did, and I didn't like the Ewoks. Yeah, I, but I love the porks. Yeah. So, and so I'm thinking since it's a Q and A, we got accepted. So I started thinking of questions, and I'm like, well, what pork do you want to see on the Millennium Falcon? And I'm like, that's a good question. It's a. It's What's a the name of the pork on the Millennium yeah, Falcon? Yeah, it's it's a 
it's um a good question, a good question especially for, for kids your age. And, yeah. yeah. And, it's and I'm like talking with Sam, Samuel Hutt, and we're brainstorming stuff. And we're like, what happens if he asked me what the name should be? And we yeah, don't in case know. he didn't already have a name. All right, don't tell how you came up with the name yet, because that'll be revealed in a second. But you had the name in mind. Yes. Yeah, we I didn't did. come up with And what's the name did. again of the Porg on the Millennium Falcon? Trip. I'm going to ask you, not Ryan Johnson, the director and writer of The Last Jedi. I'm going to ask BB Nate, what is the official name of the Porg on the Millennium Falcon? Turbis. Turbis. That is an awesome name. The crowd loved it. And we've oh, talked yeah. with other people. People on Twitter have said they think that name sounds like a Star Wars name. It's an awesome name for a pork. Um, and we're going to ask you uh, as our poll question in a little bit for this week whether what you think about the name. But, all right, here, Ryan, again, if you're listening to this, more of the story. First of all, Nathan had his own little we, – we talk about dreams. We talk about headcanon. The fact that Nathan had thought up the question – Thought up the answer. Thought that Ryan might, on some wild hair, ask him <laughs> to to give a name to the the porg, and had the name already picked out. This had been envisioned in your head before we ever even got to Los Angeles. You had thought this thing through. Yes, I had. Which is why you were so upset, I think, about not having at least the chance. To ask your question. Because you, if you don't ask the question, none of the other stuff that you had um, imagined and dreamed about could have ever come true because you're sitting there afraid to ask the question. And so you decided to ask it. Yeah. I, I was being me an introvert. I didn't have the confidence to raise my hand with 150 people in the room. And during the whole thing, I they were getting to the end of the questions and I'm beating myself up. I'm like, why did I choose that right now? Because this is a once in a trans lifetime. Once in a lifetime like, chance, yeah. <laughs> you can't do anything like this anymore. And I'm like, I was stupid at that moment, so I raised my hand. You decided you weren't going to be stupid anymore. Yeah. You weren't going to let fear dictate your life. You were going to take a chance, and what do you have to lose? If yeah. you don't get called on... You don't get called on, right? Yeah, at least you tried. But at least you raised your hand. And in, and what and because of that you changed the history of Star Wars. So so explain though how how we came up with the name. Oh, okay, Ryan. Please don't get upset here. This is where the name Turbis came from. So we were trying to brainstorm some stuff and I, I threw off the idea of like I think it was super stupid, but it was like Fluffy McFluffy pants, and, and or something then, like that. And then I'm what like, would have happened? Let's just stop for a second and take a step back and think. What would have happened if, in this thing, you were sitting there and Ryan says, "What do you think it is?" Fluffy. And you said, "Fluffy McFluffy pants." Maybe we should put that as a poll. So no, oh jeez, um, no. And I'm, I'm I told Sam, and I'm like, no, that's that's kind of a stupid name. I mean, I know it's a child, and mm-hmm. I'm a child. So then but, we both kind of came up with this. this yeah, next we look at our dog, and we're like, his name is Buster, and so we flip the syllable. Well, well, at first we were like, what's it backwards? And we're like, Rusteb or something. <laughs> that's not gonna work. No. So we flip the syllables, and it turns into Turbis. Spell Turbis for all of our listeners, and for Star for to record in the Star Wars archives. Go for it right now. What is the spelling of Turbis? T-E-R-B-U-S. Yep, it's Buster with the syllable switched. 
What he? <laughs> <laughs> so that porg is named after our dog. Kind of. The, the, yeah, the porg is named after. Sorry, our Ryan. Dog. <laughs> so on a PETA li- uh, loaded episode, we want you to know we have a dog. We love him very much. We take great care of him, and he was the, a part of the inspiration for the name of the porg on the Millennium Falcon. What do you guys think about that? Can you anything else you can think of to say after all of that? Thank you, Ryan. Yes. And thank you, Collider, for this. Everything. Thank you, Ryan. Like, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. Kind of weird, first of all, listening back and hearing Nathan's voice on that. What do you think about that, BB Nate? Have you ever heard your voice? Like, you- no, I haven't. So it's kind of weird hearing that you've gone through that. We were, we got, we jumped the gun a little bit. We were like, oh my gosh, he's canon. No way. Well, I mean, literally, I mean, I spent like, you remember guys. Oh, yeah. The next day when we finally got what we did on the video, because it was live streamed through mm-hmm. Collider. So we pulled the live stream video, which what didn't have as great of audio. With it, and I pulled that and um, started listening, and all the cheering and all the applause and all that. You hear Ryan, but you can't make out what he says. There's no captions, mm-hmm. and I literally—I mean, I guess it was just me wanting to, yeah, hoping yeah. against hope that that was what he said. But that's what I projected. So then, about a, a, a couple of days after this episode aired, uh, back I guess in February, um, I uh, was the actual of uh, professionally recorded version from Collider went up. And you can hear it better. And what he says is that's a good Star Wars name. Which then it was a little bit like, oh, we thought he said it was canon. Which it really doesn't matter what Ryan Johnson says as far as canon goes, does it, guy? No, <laughs> not, no not in that respect. So that's where the whole make Turbis canon uh, movement, mo- well, campaign uh, came out. Um, it's it's our way of reaching out to and Ryan, you know, I asked on Nathan's birthday back in August, I tweeted out, I said, you know what a really good birthday present would be? And I tagged Pablo and Ryan and Matt Martin um, who did, we just met about a month earlier. I tagged them on this tweet. I said, you know, a really great birthday present for BB Nate would be for somebody to give us at least the slightest indication that some point in the future that Turbis will be made canon. And like, I tweeted that out, right? And I tagged Ryan and Matt and Pablo mm-hmm. on it and stuff. And JJ, I think JJ Abrams was tagged on it too because, you know, he's like tweeted twice in the last, since episode nine started. But anyway, <laughs> what was funny was it didn't take 30 seconds and Ryan Johnson liked that tweet. <laughs> and we're like, that's a sign. That's it. That's the way it works. It's Maybe we'll get it. We'll get Turbis canonized a year after or, or, or not a year, but anyway, we'll get it for Christmas. Oh, that'd be great. I've already that'd, asked for that. That'd be an so, amazing. All Christmas I present. want for Christmas is Turbis. Please don't, Stanton. Hey, if Stephen Stanton can sing his AP5 on that, you know. I really wish I could hear like the extended version or all the different like versions he said because he had like one where he said he was like a Broadway singer belting it out or something. Exactly. Yeah, so that was awesome. So, and here, here's the other thing. You know, any last comments on the on the Turbis uh, story? BB Nate, you got nothing. He's shaking his head. So uh, he's down. He's Samuel. You got anything else? Any last I, comments? I, I want him canonized. Me too. I, I need him. You know, I don't want. I need him canonized. Yeah, and Leland and uh, and uh, hey, Matt Leland. are going to be getting their uh, make Turbis canon swag here in the next couple of weeks because it's on the way right now. So, uh, yeah. So uh, one last thing we have to say about all this. There we go. So what's funny is like within like two or three days of getting back from um, 
the the Collider Jedi, uh, the Last Jedi uh, screening, and all of this Turbis stuff happening, we actually uh, were uh, welcomed into the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network, which was just an awesome opportunity. There's some of the most um, intelligent and positive um, and sometimes a little bit fun. And there's some podcasts where you don't listen to, to them with your kids and that's okay too. Um, but there's just a lot of fun uh, podcasts on there talking about uh, this silly space fantasy saga uh, that Han or that Harrison Ford told to Oscar Isaac, uh, you know, it's in space and it's fake. So none of it really matters. Uh, so, um, you know, it, but we get to have fun talking about it and they welcomed us into this, uh, to the Commonwealth podcast network. We're so excited that we've met a couple of them. We're going to meet more of you guys, um, at, uh, Star Wars Celebration in Chicago mm-hmm. uh, in uh, April and we're going to be doing some podcast stuff with you guys oh, there we're going to be doing some group shows we're going to have two different versions of the shows I think there's going to be a um, not family friendly version of the show and then we're going to do a family friendly podcast so that you guys Sam and Nate can be a part of it uh, we're going to have that in there but a couple of the guys uh, from the uh, po- uh, the Commonwealth uh, Podcast Network they reached out to us and uh, sent us some greetings so we're going to play those now Hey, Tatooine Sons. This is Rob Williams from the Generation X-Wing podcast. I just want to send a little message here. Uh, I hope it's not too late, but I just want to send a little message to say happy 50th episode. Um, I remember when we had celebrated our 50th and even our 100th and 150th. Holy cow, I've done this for a while. But it's hard to get to 50. It's really hard to get to 50. I mean, nothing's stopping it, right? It's not like you have advertisers, or it's not like you have, you're committed to advertisements or you're committed to, to making money. It's just you showing up with a mic every week for 50 weeks. How hard could that be? It's really hard. It's really hard to do. To come up with ideas every week, to come up with um, topics, to come up with a weekly poll to kind of lure me into getting to fights with Raylo fans. It's just, it's hard to do. And, um, I gotta say, I'm, it's even harder as a family because see, you gotta make these commitments to each other. And some people don't realize that it's, it, it's, it may be hard, but so worthwhile. And that's where I'm really proud of you guys. I'm really proud of how you guys have bonded as a unit, bonded as a family, and made this love of a franchise so much more. You guys have taught me uh, a lesson as a, as, a, as a dad myself. You taught me it's not about collecting things. It's about collecting memories. And you guys have made some wonderful, wonderful memories. I mean, just the events you've gone to, the people you've met, you go to Skywalker Ranch, Steve Stanton, uh, make Turbis Cannon hashtag. This is just these are just fantastic things that um, that you'll never forget. And I hope you guys have fifty more, then fifty more after that, then fifty more after that, and just keep on going. I'm really proud of you guys. Um, happy fiftieth, and uh, may the force be with you. Hey guys, it's Rob Cass from the TSW Roundtable and TSW Comics. Uh, just a quick message to say congratulations on reaching one year and 50 episodes. Quite a milestone indeed. 
I had the pleasure of meeting this crew down in San Diego this summer, and I can personally vouch and say, yes, they are as nice and as awesome in person as they are on their show. So, guys, again, congratulations. Can't wait to meet up with you guys in celebration, and it's it's going to be a blast. Congrats. Hey, this is Steve from the San Diego Sabres Radio Podcast. From everyone here in San Diego, a huge congratulations to David, Sam, and Nate for reaching the Big Five O. It's been great watching you guys not only get started, but grow to be such a huge success. This last summer, I had the absolute pleasure to meet these guys at San Diego Comic-Con. Now, if you're keeping score, the Star Wars Commonwealth is literally spread across three countries, so it's uncommon for any of us to actually meet in person. But through the power of the Force, together with our buddy Rob Cass from Talk Star Wars, we all actually had the chance to hang out in person. It was so great to meet the guys in real life and see how passionate they are all the time about Star Wars. I'm really honored that they came down to meet up. If you, dear listeners, ever get the chance to spend time with these guys from Tatooine Sons, whether you have to jump over Corellian Hounds or climb your way out of the Sarlacc pit, do it. Again, congratulations, guys, on this milestone episode. Keep up the amazing work, and may the Force be with you. Oh, thank you guys so much. There's so many others I know. Um, they're so busy with life. It's Christmas and Thanksgiving time, and and uh, they've sent us their congratulations from the Commonwealth as well, from Tumbling Saber and Rogue Squadron and the and the Nerd Room and all these other ones. They've sent the uh, their thanks to us, and we are are truly honored. We f- still feel like um, the young Padawan that doesn't know what they're doing uh, <laughs> among the Commonwealth, um, but we absolutely love you guys, and we're so excited to uh, to. To see what's in store uh, for the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network because I have the feeling based on some of the conversations we're having in a private chat on Twitter uh, <laughs> that some amazing stuff is down the road for the Commonwealth and if you're not uh, listening to all the different podcasts on the Commonwealth or at least checking them out you need to uh, to make sure you do that so thanks guys for uh, those kind words alright so we got BB Nate's highlight of 2018 i guess we could say it that way um the last year of, of podcasting yeah. um as being making turbis uh canon or at least uh, starting that process that. <laughs> you know we're looking here on the uh the chat um over here on our spreaker and uh we got yoda bauer and rule farm boy which uh, we're gonna we're actually going to hear from both of them in just a few minutes. But anyway, um, they're in there talking and they're saying the way to get can- Turbis canonized is to get an author to integ- integrate it into a story in a book. You know, like uh, Yoda says on here, uh, you just have um, uh, Ray, the line in a book, then Ray remembered her time with Turbis and then he's canonized. See, see, this is Leland. I know you're listening to this episode. Leland, Paolo, hey, Leland. Matt. All you guys, um, you're listening to this. Uh, this is exactly how you do it. You just keep it simple. And then, of course, we have to see the Porg at some point in Episode 9. And in the credits, like we said, Turbis the Porg played as by himself. him as himself. So uh, that's the way we My want it to go. My tricks don't work on me. Only money. Oh, so I guess we have to pay to get Turpus canonized. Maybe not the best Early audio clip. Money. To, well, not the best audio clip no. to play for that one. All right, let's cool. Let's move on to the next. I was saying, Sam, Samuel the Hutt, what was your highlight from this last, this first year of podcasting? Oh, it's easily uh, going to Lucasfilm. 
and getting a tour of that. Yeah, so so I guess on that uh, that last clip from Gen X Wing, uh, they said that we went to Skywalker Ranch. Boy, that would have been amazing. That would have been really cool. That would be the highlight for the next year podcast, right. hopefully. Uh, one of them. But uh, no, it was Lucasfilm headquarters. We just want to clarify that. We were invited by Matt Martin. But anyway, so that was one of your highlights? Oh, yeah. It was amazing. I mean, just the whole trip, I'm like, all right, it's cool to see San Francisco and all, but... When can we get to the actual tour, you know? And we're waiting outside, waiting for it to be, I think it was 11 o'clock. Or, anyway, you know, yeah, we noon. see the... Yeah. Noon, yeah. We see the Yoda fountain, we're like, no way, you know? We're we're freaking out. And then, you know, we walk into the lobby. We're first we're greeted by, like, R2-D2 and all the Star Wars memorabilia. And then there's Mr. Martin standing over at the, yeah. the front desk, and he checks us in. He gives us this yeah. huge tour of the place. Well, why, instead of you retelling the story, why don't we just play the clip oh, from yeah. when we talked about it a few weeks ago. Uh, this is our story of visiting Lucasfilm. So, um... <laughs> it's just the elephant in the room here. I know! Lucasfilm. We got to go to Lucasfilm yesterday. Uh, and that's not even, I mean, it, you know it's a busy Star Wars week when we've got things that are like going to the headquarters of like, it's like the mecca of Star Wars. And that's like in the banter section. It doesn't even make a main topic yeah. uh, for it's us. Been a, so, uh, like we were worried, man, it's going to be a slow week. All we're going to have to talk about is this Lucasfilm visit. <laughs> and all this other stuff's been coming out. I mean, it's it's been nuts. This is going to be a long episode. I have a feeling. I don't want it to be too long. But no, let's, get, let's keep going. Okay, so let's talk about Lucasfilm. So we got there a little bit early. We hung out outside the Yoda Fountain. You can go to our Facebook page or our Instagram or Twitter, find photos of us uh, out at the Yoda Fountain, uh, and got to go in to see Matt. And he was waiting for us when we got there at noon. Uh, BB Nate, um, kind of walk through. Um, what your thoughts were when, as, we, as we like enter into Lucasfilm headquarters and we start passing, you know, stormtrooper costumes and R two D 2s waiting out there. We go past right. that fountain. What did that feel like to you, BB Nate? So the whole experience was a little bit different, of course, because you're at Lucasfilm. But <laughs> Mr. Martin was just more like it's an, another day at working at Lucasfilm. It's another day in the office, quite and literally. I'm like. Trying to contain myself. Like, he's like, oh, yeah, it's Boba Fett. Oh, somebody took his blaster. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's so cool. Tell, tell, explain what that <laughs> okay. is. Okay, so when you go in there, they have a bunch of these giant, like, life-size, life-size statues. Stor- statues, and some of them carry the armor, like some stormtrooper armor that was used in the films. Right, right. Mm-hmm. So they had a Boba Fett one. And it was normally holding a blaster, and then just the blaster just was gone. Uh, who took the blaster? <laughs> That's what I want to know. I got a bad feeling about this. I think Han took the blaster. He's like scared or something. But anyway, yeah. If I weren't being turned by Matt Martin, I might have been the guy to take the blaster. <laughs> yeah, so it was. It was, was kind of weird because for him, it's like, oh man, I just got out of a meeting. I got another meeting this afternoon. Um, and we're like, oh, I. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? 
they're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I'm, we, uh, right. You know, <laughs> it. Is it still okay to do the tour is what I'm thinking because he's talking about how busy he is. He was so gracious. Uh, awesome. Took his afternoon. I kept feeling this rush yeah, like to too. keep things moving because yeah, I knew he's in the middle of his work day. Right. I know. Like we, he took us to the shop to go get some stuff, which I'm, we'll touch on more later. But, you know, I was feeling like we need to hurry up because we're, we're taking out of his time, you know. I'm like we, we can't spend so long looking at all this cool stuff. So. Yeah, oh, yeah. They, oh, yeah. We'll explain that, that later. That was amazing. So, yeah, it was, it was really, really cool. What was sort of the highlight – so, so we got to see like uh, we got to go into the theater. We got to, where they like do screenings of the of the the episodes of, of the animated stuff, and they have like uh, speaker series, and it's uh, designed by George Lucas, like perfect acoustics. Uh, for a so movie theater, cool. it's amazing. It was just it, we got to see that. We got to go around. Um, uh, we we walked past um, this one section with this staircase that went down. <laughs> And Matt's like, that's where I work down there. Now, if you don't know who Matt Martin is, Matt Martin is one of the members of Lucasfilm Story Group. He's one of the keepers of the canon. Uh, he works with uh, Leland Chi, which we'll talk about in a couple minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Pablo Hidalgo and some of the others. And he's like, I work down there. That's actually where all the coolest stuff. And at first, I'm thinking he's kind of throwing a joke out there because that's where he works, right? Right. Uh, he's like, that's where all the coolest stuff is. And we're not allowed to go down there. <laughs> and I'm like, what is this? Uh, but that's where Story Group is. Yeah. And they're having meetings about canon. As we speak, we're standing there and they're having meetings about canon. I was like so tempted to say, I'm like, I swear to God, we won't say anything. I, I promise. I know. Like, it was like, you I will pinky promise. What else? Were, and so that's also where the animation department yeah. is. And so yeah. they're doing like clips and they're actually filming. Oh, and I'm standing nice. there thinking, right now. As we speak, episodes of Resistance are being cut down there. Right now, as we speak, Season 7 of The Clone Wars is being edited down there. And we can't go down there. (laughs) It was nuts. It's kind of like a two-edged sword, though. Because obviously, anyone would want to go down there. But you do realize the massive spoilers that are there, too. Oh, yeah. It's It's a catch-22. And we'll talk about spoilers, too, because they released information literally within 30 minutes of us leaving Lucasfilm that Matt knew the whole time and didn't tell us. He could have given us, like, the scoop of the, of the, the year, and we didn't get it. But that's... That's okay, Matt. We love you still. I even tweeted to him. I'm like, did you know, know this stuff when you were with us? He's like, yeah. He goes, ha ha, yeah. Like that. <laughs> we'll talk about that in a second. So what was the highlight for you? Oh, geez. Um, I mean, yeah. I, we were walking down the hall, and he was like, oh, you guys want to see the um, Star Wars show studio? And we're like, uh, yeah. So he opens this door, and we get we go... And the first thing you see are these a bunch of awards that they that the show won, like, like Emmys and like this whole Saturn chest, awards, and whole stuff. chest yeah. of stuff that that the stars shows them. And you keep going, and right in front of us there was some something set up for resistance because there was a poster and like a director's chair and cameras and lights and something. Um, we don't we right. It was probably was. when they interviewed the guy that plays Nico. Niku, Niku. Niku. They no, Niku. because they, they did no, that was on the couch. couch. Oh, okay. Oh, so okay. I don't know what that was. Anyway, um, and you know. 
you go to the right and there's this like this shelf like chock full of Star Wars merchandise, like old toys that like no one's seen for probably years. I mean, it's some old stuff. I mean, it's just stacked. There's people's offices in these cubicles just full of Star Wars stuff. Uh, and then he's like, well, if you look here, this is where they uh, record the episodes. I'm like, oh, no way. So we go in and they've got that stand. I don't know what to call it exactly. Yeah. So so if you watch the Star Wars show, yeah. which if, you, if you're listening to this podcast and you aren't watching the Star Wars show, what's wrong with you? I want to go home and rethink my life. Please do that because I mean, this show is like seven or eight minutes jam packed with official Lucasfilm uh, Star Wars information, interviews, great stuff. In fact, we were watching it in the hotel in San Francisco the night before we went in. That's true. We were watching it, and they they go and they do this like the segment. If you've watched it, uh-huh. they do this. Uh, you know, the, if you watch last week's there or this current week's first, uh, episode, they go to this wall where there's this oh, cabinet yeah. with the Porg puppet and all these different pieces of memorabilia which we'll talk about uh, some of that here and I'm sitting there and I'm freaking out I start yelling I'm like that's what we're going to see that tomorrow yeah, you so we saw that nice. I mean yeah, yeah. but it- it was it was awesome. So if you've seen the show, you'll see that they opened it up. You got Anthony and you got Andy, and they're standing behind this little podium, and they're like introducing the show, like bits of news and stuff like that. There's all these toys and stuff. Right, there's toys and stuff behind it. That's we got a picture taken behind that podium. That's true. That's true. We were in that studio doing that. So anyway, I'm sorry, I I, I, I took over. So keep no, going. Cool. You're, you're... So yeah, there was the podium. We got a cool picture from that. Um, and then. If you've seen the episodes, like you say, they they often do an interview and it's like at this couch sort of thing. And that's in the exact same room as where they do the podium, like the beginning. Yeah, it's a small room. They basically just pan the camera like 90 degrees to the right and that's their other set. That blew my mind. I I don't know why it blew my mind, but I mean, I just, I thought that was cool that that they did that. Yeah, it was. Um, But before we walked in, Matt introduced us to uh, this gentleman working behind in the cubicle. His name escapes me. Yeah, I'm not I don't sure remember his name either. I'm sorry. I'm not even sure if you told me. I apologize. You're all- if, you're, if you happen to be listening to our podcast, <laughs> I apologize profusely that I forgot your name. We were a little starstruck just Absolutely. to be in Lucasfilm. Um, but he was like, oh, hey, uh, I don't remember exactly how it went. Um, so Matt ahead. introduces us. He says, I'm giving these guys a tour. They have a podcast. They're called the Tattooing Sons, and they seize our shirts. So we're wearing our hashtag Make Turbis Canon t-shirts. Oh, yeah. Because if you're at Lucasfilm and you're trying to get you know Turbis to become canon. You got to wear the shirt. You got to wear the shirt, right, BB Nate? Yes, definitely. <laughs> BB Nate is having a hard time getting a word in. Then this isn't his fault tonight. This is our fault. Yeah. Not letting yeah. Him. So I'm trying to engage him a little bit. Oh, no, it's fine. Okay. So he sees our shirts. He's like, oh, Turbis, Tatooine Sons, the guy that you were talking about mm-hmm. behind the cubicle. He's like, I just read that tweet. Which uh, previously. Yeah. So the night yeah. before when we watched the Star Wars show, they asked for the celebra- uh, celebration countdown hashtag, your favorite celebration memories. Mm-hmm. And I tweeted about how our first celebration was in 2017. BB Nate, Samuel Hutt got to go up on stage with Anthony Daniels for the 40 years of 3PO panel. Uh, we, it, the, our time there inspired us to start a podcast. Since then, we've named a pork and tomorrow we're going to be at Lucasfilm. I'm like, right. that's like an amazing celebration story uh, for us. And he knew he had just read that tweet yeah. uh, with it. So he's the guy that I don't know if he's like the one that works the tweets for star Wars show, but uh, that'd be cool. Uh, so anyway, we'll see if, if that gets on the show next week. That would be kind of cool. That would be nuts. Yeah. Anyway, so we're in there. We're in the star Wars show stuff. Yeah. I mean, that was cool. We walk out, um, and Andy Gutierrez walks by. What the heck? D Goots. 
The Goots. The Goots. That's her. That's her. Her Star Wars Rebels character name, or her Clone Wars character name, something she's like that. She's got a character named after oh, her. It's D Goots, and that's her hashtag or her Twitter handle. Anyway, that's cool. D Goots. Yeah, Andy Gutierrez. I, I get it. I get it. Okay. Anyway, so she was. She she looked like she was busy. I wonder why she was busy. So we'll talk about that in a second. So, and then we see the. Um, the ball pit. Ah, oh, the ball pit. Which, uh, here, you, you tell the story. You're better at it than I am. Well, you got to understand. Okay, so Anthony Carboni for Andy Gutierrez's birthday. If you watch the Star Wars show, you probably already know this. Uh, birthday a few weeks, a couple months ago. Filled her entire office with those, like, Chuck E. Cheese ball pit balls. You know what I'm talking about when you dive into them? And he filled her entire office with it when she came to office. And she was not thrilled with it at first but sort of like was okay with it later and they actually have taken a whole cubicle section and built it into a ball pit um, in there and I was like I totally hope tomorrow I even put it out on Twitter people on Twitter I saw the pictures I'm like you guys actually did it because I put it out on Twitter I'm like I really want to get in that ball pit I'm going to take a dive uh, in it so we did we got a picture up on Instagram and on Twitter of, of us in the ball pit I'm like I was I was like saying this, yep this is this is why we come to Lucasfilm to uh, go play in the ball pit yeah it was awesome so uh, so that was the highlight for you was the yeah, that was awesome. That was pretty. That cool. was a lot of fun. That was pretty cool. What was about the, what was the highlight for you, BB Nate? Um, so Lucasfilm is like two buildings, two full buildings, building mm-hmm. A and building B of I forget what the this complex. complex yeah, it's massive. Yeah, it's a massive complex, and there are two buildings wide. One of them is more ILM, the other one's more Lucasfilm. Right. So we're heading to the ILM one, and the ILM. Um, has a lot of posters of all the posters that these they, are classic, literal, uh, a real antique movie posters yeah. from like the golden era of movies from like the forties, thirties, forties, fifties, and like all the movies that they worked on and everything like that. And so it was cool, really, really cool to see all those movies and some of them that were even in the seventies and eighties. I have not seen because because that's no long ago. That's back when your dad was a kid. And that's really old. A long time ago. Super in a galaxy old. far, far away. Not really. No, but it was it's in Colorado. Colorado. But anyway. In a, in a state far, far away. Yeah. Um, and we're walking around and there's just a ton, ton of posters. And Mr. Martin keeps talking about these movies that Sammy and I have not seen. Yeah, never heard of it. It's like, Kevin <laughs> Fortress, oh, you need to watch that. We're like, what are we talking about? We don't know what you're talking about. And so... He towards was, the end, yeah. Towards, towards the, the end, end of the tour. he was like, "You, if you are really interested and even like want to watch movies, just you gotta watch any of these old movies. Yeah. They, they're really defining, and at least, and especially in George Lucas's yeah. work for he Star said, Wars. He said that if you if you're interested in a career in movies in any way, not just like in like directing or producing or acting, but right. in anything to do with movies. He said, yeah, make sure you watch these old films, especially because yeah. they influence not just the new ones, but watch these old ones. So yeah. we're gonna make a point of doing that. Oh yeah. Um, and one of them that he talked about was the hidden what was the it? hidden fortress. Hidden and there's fortress. like two peasants at the beginning. He says that are like. The, like mirror image of three PO and, and R two. Yeah, like the, the beginning of the, um, the yeah. inspiration for him. So we're gonna we're gonna start to, uh, making a point to see in some of the watching some of those old movies together as a family with it. So that was like that. Just that advice from Matt was like really yeah. impactful for you mm-hmm. because you guys. I mean, I don't know if he's quiet. Nate, maybe Nate is quiet on the really? show when he when he has something to say, he says it. But when we're out of the show, there's like. 
one thing that Sam, that BB Nate talks about all the time, and that is anything to do with movies. He loves movie trivia. He loves movie reviews. He loves movie ratings. He loves movie stuff. And so, uh, so for them, I think that's why that was, that was kind of a big impact on you. Mm -hmm. For me, it was really early on uh, in the tour. So we'd gone through this one part of a building. We'd seen the theater and then we'd moved to the new part of the building where before we go in, we see Boba Fett without his rifle or his blaster and, and all that. And then uh, we go in and we're taking a left turn to head down this hallway towards some of the areas that, that Matt wants to take us. And we're looking at this um, Matt painting, that, uh, like a background mm-hmm. for, for a scene. And we're standing there looking at it and he's explaining to us this you know, really beautiful Matt background painting mm-hmm. that, that, that was used. I don't even remember what it was from now because all of a sudden this guy walks by and I recognize him and it's like hitting me who he is at that very second Matt goes, Hey Leland. Uh, and I'm like, Oh crap. That's Leland. She, that's the keeper of the holocron. That's like one of the, the, like the big, the big cheese of the, of the, of the, of the star Wars, uh, Lucasfilm story group. And I'm like, Hey Leland, (laughs) just like, I know. I heard you say that. And I was like, Oh my God. I I totally did it. I said, Hey Leland. And he's like five feet past us and he feels obligated. (laughs) And then he he goes, do I know you? Do I know you? (laughs) Uh, I got a bad feeling about this. So So I'm like, uh, well, uh, not really. I mean, on Twitter, you do. (laughs) And then he looks at us and this was probably the coolest thing that happened the whole time. He sees our shirts, and Matt's trying to explain. These are the tattooing sons. They have a podcast, and then he, and Leland sees our shirts again. Where all three of us are wearing our hashtag Make Turbis Canna T-shirts, which, by the way, you can purchase those from our website at tattooingsons.com right now. Just go to the bottom of the page. There's a link to. Anyway, uh, you can get those uh, T-shirts, uh, which we'd love for you to get. Uh, but anyway, and he says, "Oh, you're the Turbis guys," and we're like, "What? Yes, we are." And then, yes, sir. And he, he throws out this like, like you could tell he's like a little taken off off guard in you that think? moment. Yeah, like he's not sure what's supposed to say, and he's thinking out loud because of the whole "Hey, Leland." Hey, Leland. <laughs> he's like, I'm so confused by why these people know my because because you know in in their world, uh-huh. there's so many people that think that they know Leland because uh-huh. he's met them at places or, or know Matt because he's met them at places right. or know Pablo. Right. And they know, don't remember these people. We know Ryan. Right. Like, we could say we know Ryan, right? Ryan if we walked up to... Well, actually, Ryan, with as much as we Twitter-stalked him, uh, but he probably... He might, he might he would know who we And the, the service, I And mean. then after this week, and he... Uh, yeah, anyway. Um, <laughs> anyway, but anyway, he's like... He starts talking under his breath about, oh, yeah, I, you know, it's uh, that, that licensing thing. And I'm like, oh! I felt a great disturbance in the force. I felt a... Yeah, I did, too. I was, like, totally, like, that's what's going on. Now, you, you know, we've only had Mom on one episode. That's true. So far. But mom is the like the moral compass of our family, and she understands Too things true. that we don't understand. She's it's, very street smart. She she's brilliant. like she knows people. And the dumbest thing she ever did was marry me. That's um, for sure. But anyway, but again, um, we wouldn't be here. 
But that's awesome. Yeah. So we're staying. So mom from the very beginning said, oh, they're going to have a hard time with this because they're going to think you're going to want to get paid. <laughs> that's like one of the first things mom said when we came back yeah. in, in January. After the whole, after the thing. Right after the service thing that night. Yeah. yeah she said, they're going to think you want to get paid. So I get the, the so when he talks about licensing and stuff like that, I'm like, hey, I'm like hey, he's totally afraid that we're going to ask for royalties on this, which is like not the case at all. Not the case at all. We're we not going to do don't that. Don't want money. Impressive. Every word in that sentence was and wrong. The one thing I think he, why he's worried about this, it's you might be like it's Lucasfilm. They can deal with this. They know how to figure out how to get around this type of stuff. They've done it before. They haven't. They haven't had a random 12 or 13 year old named Star Wars character. I don't know of anything like this. I mean, this is like a a first for sure. And how do you not, how do you navigate? Like this kid's got these dreams, and Ryan, our director, said that he was going to get. And he told it to Pablo, and he was like, "We and every and people know about it. The, Lu- the Lucasville Story Group, they know about it. No, right? yeah, because he said it to him. Exactly, the Turbis guys, not right. Nick Turbis Cannon. What's that? Oh yeah, the Turbis guys. Exactly. So, so you got all this going on. I'm sitting there thinking he thinks that we're going to want to get paid. So, so we want to go on record. We've done it before. We don't want to get. Paid. We don't want a penny. We want him to be officially in the canon and for us to be able to tell the world that it was because BB Nate named him and show the video. That's all we want. We will sign papers. We'll do this. So I'm going to. Um, we'll do the Macarena if they want. If that's really needed. Or do the Hokey Pokey. And, and turn ourselves around. Why? <laughs> that's, that's what it's all about. Oh, that's what it's all about. That's been a family joke for about five years now, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Do the hokey that. pokey, turn yourself around. Why? That's, that's what it's all about. about. That's yeah, been they, around longer than five years. Huh? I mean, yeah. We say it a lot. So, pretty fun. Kind of embarrassing. <laughs> Re-listening to, <laughs> to that hey, episode. Leland. Hey, Leland. So I just decided it might as well just own the embarrassment. I just tweeted a link to this uh, episode to uh, Leland and Matt Martin and j- just said, you know, hey, might as well just own it. So, uh, but uh, yeah, that was pretty fun. Um, um, crazy experience. Crazy experience. You know, what's really interesting about that is we the experience of going to... Um, Lucasfilm headquarters was the result of meeting Matt Martin at a YouTube and podcast and Star Wars creators meetup yep. outside of San Diego Comic Con uh, this year, uh, where he actually was there. It was funny. We were standing there, and I'm like, "Oh my gosh, that's Matt Martin!" Because I've been following him on Twitter. You start to see what, right. what guys look like, and and I'm like, "Tell you." And so I had you guys go up and introduce him and hand him a Make Turbis Cannon sticker. And we spent like 15 minutes talking with him. It was a lot of fun um, with it, and we couldn't have had that the Lucasfilm opportunity. If we hadn't had opportunities like when uh, Alex and Molly from Star Wars Explained uh, invited us to go up to Hollywood to come in Villainy Cantina and hang out with them and some other creators, That's and right. so we got a little we got introduced to that circle um, with that, and as a result of that, Steel Saunders from Steel Wars podcast, which was surreal when you think about it, a year ago right now, we were wanting to go see him podcast at Scum and Villainy Cantina. Yeah. Um, he invited us to be a part of this meetup at San Diego Comic Con, and there's been so 
many amazing Star Wars uh, content creators and YouTubers and podcasters and writers that we've had the opportunity to get to know a little bit, even if it's only been, in some cases, in a lot of cases, just through social media. There's several of them we've met, and we're going to meet a lot more of you uh, as we go forward uh, into uh, Celebration in uh, in April. Oh, we've yeah. already got plans for that. Uh, so we uh, had some messages from some of these uh, content creators. Uh, we're going to go ahead and play a few of those uh, congratulatory messages right now. Hey, you guys. It's Steel here from the Steel Wars podcast, wishing you three a very happy one-year anniversary of Star Wars podcasting and Porg naming and merch about the Porg naming. I, I don't know these these podcasts that come out with all this merch. It's it's a bit much. It's a bit much if you ask me. But uh, seriously, congratulations. Love the show. Love the vibe of the fam. And um, I, I guess my favourite part of the show didn't happen on the show. It was talked about on the show, but it was when you three came down to the podcast uh, meetup at San Diego Comic-Con and I got to meet you all in person. And as a guy that was expecting his firstborn child, who Harrison's now two months old, but uh, at the time we were just uh, midway through expecting and yeah, my favorite part of your podcast was just seeing how you guys interacted and you were having fun hanging out uh, at Comic-Con and, and doing all the things around it and, and coming to our meetup and just talking about Star Wars and you guys interacting um, just, you know, like, like buddies, like a, you know, a cool little Star Wars family. So that's my favorite part that I saw you guys um, sort of interacting so coolly around Star Wars and it's... Yeah, definitely something I started thinking about wanting to uh, hopefully happen with me and Harrison. It might not be about Star Wars, but um, it would be great to have a shared interest like you guys do. So um, keep it up. Keep podcasting. Keep naming Porgs. Hopefully, uh, JJ's got some uh, new super cute character that you guys can give a name or two to as well. And uh, thanks so much. And congrats. And may that force be with you. Oh, shout out Stephen Stanton as well. What's, what's happening, bro? What's happening? Yeah. Hey, David, Sam, and Nathan. This is Jason from MakingStarWars.net. And I just wanted to congratulate you guys on 50 big podcast episodes because that is a huge milestone. That's a lot. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. A lot of podcasting hours, especially since some of you are very young. That's a lot of your life. That said... 
I wanted to say that my favorite thing about your show is that it's really, in a weird way, about the love of a father and a son or his sons. And that's what Star Wars was for so many years, especially, you know, for those of us old guys who grew up with like Return of the Jedi. That was almost the big capstone, the point was that, you know, the bad guys, nothing in the world can really get in the way of a father and a love for his son. He'll do anything and he'll do anything for his father. And so it's kind of a beautiful thing. And I love to see that you and your dad and the, his two sons are there, you know, all having a good time talking about Star Wars all the time. And that's beautiful. And I look forward to doing that with, with my kids as they get bigger. And we've already done a couple of test ones. And my kids love listening to your show. And I love listening to your show with my kids. And keep having fun and keep it up. And I look forward to sending you another message at 100 episodes. Happy 50th episode and one-year anniversary, Tatooine Sons. It's Jeff from over here at the Canto Cast. And my favorite part of Tatooine Sons is all the love and positivity you have for our galaxy far, far away. And if it wasn't for BB-8 and Tatooine Sons, we would not have Turbis, the official name of the Porg in The Last Jedi. To us, we all know it's canon. We're just waiting for the official word, and hopefully that comes really soon. Here's to another 50 episodes and beyond. You guys are the best. May the Force be with you. Hi there, Tatooine sons, Bowtie Jedi Guy, BB Nate, and Samuel the Hutt. This is Kyle Larson from Star Wars Newsnet. I just wanted to take a second to congratulate you guys on uh, one year of fantastic podcasting and your 50th episode. Uh, Star Wars is all about family, and so it's great to hear from your family uh, every week. The positivity you guys bring to the discussions, to whether it's super controversial topics in Star Wars or just talking about Star Wars in general, it's it's so great to hear what you guys think every week, and I look forward to many, many more years of 50 episodes and years of podcasting and really appreciate what you guys do for the community. Please keep up the good work and couldn't be happier for you and your successes. Keep up the good work, Tatooine Sons. May the force be with you. And it already is. It's actually very strong with you. Hi, Tatooine Sons. This is Todd Hoffman from WSTR Galactic Public Access. I just want to congratulate you guys on making it to 50. Uh, I know how much time and effort that takes and uh, to get a weekly podcast out, but I know it's also a lot of fun. So congratulations on the 50 and hopefully 50 more and beyond that. one of my favorite moments has actually been the last uh, episode, which was episode 47, in which you guys got to visit Lucasfilm. Wow, what an experience. And you guys got to share that together. And yes, I'm a little jealous, but that's really what it's all about as far as just having that shared experience. Um, love, family, and community is really what Star Wars is all about. And I really feel like episode 47 encapsulated that. Uh, Really hope that we can have you guys on the podcast soon, and uh, uh, if not, uh, we get hopefully get to meet you guys at Star Wars Celebration in Chicago because that's where we're from, and uh, looking forward to that. 
Uh, Best of luck to you guys, and may the Force be with you always. Hello there, it's Yoda Bauer from Port Haven here to send some congratulations to Tatooine Sons on one year and 50 episodes. Great job, guys. Oddly enough, if I were to share a favorite memory, it would actually predate your podcast. I remember uh, way back when watching a Star Wars celebration, watching the live stream, and seeing uh, a family there in which uh, one member was dressed in a Jabba the Hutt costume and the other in a BB-8 costume. And uh, the the whole moment that had happened on the panel was so, so fun that uh, that memory never really left me. And then lo and behold, as I was talking to you guys, getting to know you and you're getting your podcast going... Uh, that you were uh, that that family. So uh, I guess it was one of those you guys were meant to be part of uh, of the fandom before we all knew who you were. I want to say congratulations and hope you guys continue to see success as a podcast and as a family. Hey, Star Wars Explained here. I'd have to say my favorite Tatooine Sons moment from this past year has been getting to meet you guys. Uh, We happened to be out in California for EA Play, and you drove out and you met us, and we went to the Scum and Villainy Cantina together, and that was a blast. But I think that your podcast is just a special kind of thing, because it's really cool seeing two different generations uh, reacting to Star Wars, because I think that that's the story that so many of us tell and how we relate to it. I mean, my dad introduced me to Star Wars, so I think it's really awesome seeing you guys enjoy it together and seeing your different takes on it all. Wow, that was cool. That's so (laughs) neat. I mean, it's been such an amazing thing, because these are sites like YouTube channels, like Port Haven, Mm -hmm. uh, Star Wars Refuge, uh, uh, Mm -hmm. with Yoda Bauer, and uh, and Making Star Wars. We've been checking out their website for years to get Star Wars content. Star Wars Explained Video, Star Wars Newsnet with Kyle. Just last week, uh, we did a, a, our whole main topic was on Kyle uh, Kyle Larson's article on Star Wars Newsnet Mm -hmm. about the redemption of Ben Solo. So, I mean, which, by the way, that kind of got crazy over the last week. But anyway... Um, um, you know, the reality is we have not just been sort of, um, welcomed by Star Wars content creators. We've been embraced. Mm -hmm. And I think it's just a a testament to, we love Star Wars so much and it's just easy for us to talk about it and people pick up on that. So, um, but we just want to, again, extend our thanks to all of you guys, uh, for embracing us and bringing us into this community. Can't wait to see so many of you guys at Star Wars Celebration in Chicago in April. We just purchased our tickets. Uh, this week uh, for flights. Yeah, yeah, flights. We've already got our hotel booked and we've already got our tickets. We're just keeping our fingers crossed for press passes so we can, you know, sell those other tickets to some fans that want them because that'll help pay for all the other expenses we've got um, with it. Uh, but anyway. Speaking uh, of money. Yeah, no, well, here's here's the deal. You know, uh, as much as it's been fun uh, to have amazing Turbis experiences and Lucasfilm experiences and, and hanging out with Star Wars content creators, uh, for me, my highlight for the last year has just been all of the... Did you hear that voice cracking? That was awesome. <laughs> I'm like, uh, live radio. Um, was just connecting with so many just general fans that just love Star Wars through social media and Twitter and listeners mm. and people that love this podcast enough uh, to financially support it. It's not, I mean, this. I know this sounds almost like it's, it's almost like here's the PBS break where we're going to spend the next yeah. 15 minutes. I don't want to do that. Um, I, I'm not trying to like pitch. I mean, we're going to pitch. Let's just be honest. I'm that's, that's going to happen here in a second. Um, but the fact that people care enough about this podcast to make a gift financially hmm. um, every single month to help us co- cover 
you know, services and uh, new things that we're getting ready to do, which I'm getting ready to announce here in just a second. It's just really an awesome uh, experience. So I want to give a shout out right now to our patrons. I'm going to name every single one of you by name right now. Uh, and this is only in alphabetical order by first name. So it's not about whether or not you are more important to us than another. It's just the way that the list came out. Alphabetical by first name. So big shout out to Bradley Hall, Chris Miracle, Elaine Doberreiner, JG Cars, Judy Jesse, hey Grammy, uh, Justin Beeman, Megan Camp, uh, Neil Lowry, Peter Ross, Rebecca Diaz, Rob Wade, Roberto Moreno, that was just fun to say it that way, yeah, even though he doesn't speak that way. He's got like a, a Danish accent we'll hear in a minute. And Steve Kirk. And I think we already heard from Steve because he's part of the San Diego mm-hmm. uh, Sabres uh, radio podcast. So he spoke earlier. Thank you guys so much for some financially supporting. And we've got some exciting news. So um, I want to kind of walk through. These are our highlights from 2018. Let's talk about where we feel like got, we're going to go uh, in the future um, with the podcast over the next year. We've got some goals. Uh, that we've got. We've got new podcasts that we want to put out on a regular basis. We've got exclusive Patreon content. Uh, We want to include you guys in it. So we're going to go through this really briefly. I'm not going to pitch too much, uh, but we're going to share really quickly um, our, our Patreon goals for 2019. And then we're going to talk about some new things that we're adding to our tiers and our our, our different levels on Patreon. And then we're going to listen to some of you guys uh, share your thoughts about about our, our podcast. So our first goal right now, uh, we're running right around $160, $170 because of your amazing support um, on Patreon. Our first goal is to try to get to $250 a month in monthly support. Um, the what we want to do with that is our, my goal is to see if we can even do that in December. Get it all ramped up before January 1st. Because in January, we plan on putting out a lot more content, including launching a weekly Star, the episode is going to be, or this new podcast is going to be called Star Wars Rebels Revisited series. And this is going to be really exciting for us because Rebels is how we all sort of jumped full force into Star Wars fandom again. And uh, it's going to be available as a podcast. And it's also going to be available as a YouTube series. We're going to be working with our local library, which has an amazing uh, studio, um, which has an amazing uh, free rentals of our usage of top quality camera, recording equipment, and things like that. And we're going to retry the YouTube channel thing with the right content and the right expertise. And we're going to record that as a podcast and as a YouTube show where we go every single week, we recap an episode starting with season one, episode one, all the way through the final episode of season four. We'll do uh, too many. Uh, It's going to (laughs) take us several years to do it, which is fine. One episode a week, uh, starting in January is the goal. And so we need to get to that $250 a month level in order to start doing that. Um, when we reach that though, we're going to do something a little bit special. Okay. So when we reach $250 a month in pledges, we are actually going to record an audio commentary to the mall arc of Star Wars Rebels. So we're going to watch all of the mall episodes uh, from Star Wars Rebels, Mm -hmm. and we're going to create an audio commentary. A lot of podcasts are doing this right now, which is really cool, but they're doing it for like the TV, the movies. Mm -hmm. Uh, Rogue One and uh, Phantom Menace I've seen and stuff like that. Star Wars animation is what got us back into Star Wars, and so Rebels is our thing. So we're going to actually do an audio commentary to that, which I think is really, really exciting. I'm I'm super pumped about that. That's our $250 level. Our second level is our $500 uh, earnings level. And what we want to do with this um, 
is uh, use these additional funds and stuff for um, uh, to get a bunch of swag and a bunch of stuff. We want to give away as much stuff as possible at Star Wars Celebration Chicago. Yeah. We want to give away buttons. We want to give away pins. We want to give away some t-shirts to some people. We want to just make a can stickers, I get a of course. Cannon? No, I don't think we're going to do a t-shirt cannon because I don't know if I can get that through uh, TSA um, when we fly. Uh, so anyway, we won't do a t-shirt cannon. But anyway, uh, you'll do a lot of fun things like that. We just want to like just get the Make Turbis message out, get the Make Turbis cannon message, these Tatooine Sons message. We, anytime we see a little kid with their parents there, we want them to have a Make Turbis cannon sticker or button or something like that. Because we Star Wars is about family. We want to make sure that they know about our podcast. You can help us do that when we reach that. Now, as an incentive, when we reach the $500 a month support level, we are actually going to go back and record an audio commentary like we do on the Rebel, or the Mall arc in Rebels, we're going to record an audio commentary for the Mortis arc from Season 3 of The Clone Wars and the World Between Worlds arc from Season 4 of Star Wars Rebels because those two are intimately linked. That's true. We may, depending on time, I think this would be fun, even spend some time talking about how those two arcs influence the Last Jedi. Because Ryan Johnson said that he met with Dave Filoni about those stories in the right while he was writing The Last Jedi. So that's what we're doing on that level. So uh, our biggest one, we're going to put it out there. You don't have goals, you can't make them. So our, our biggest one is our $1,000 a month uh, earning level. This is our long-term desire. We want to really build Tatooine Sons into a family-friendly resource for all Star Wars fans. So reaching this $1,000 level of support is going to help us do that. It allows us to spend some money on marketing through social media and other online sources so that we can bring in more moms and dads and grandparents and kids and brothers and sisters into our Tatooine Sons family. We want Tatooine Sons of the website, as long with our podcast and our YouTube channel and everything else that we're doing, to become that Star Wars uh, source for family-friendly. Everything on there, family-driven, uh, hope-driven, positive, uh, not, you know, no spoilers and leaks and, and speculation and criticisms and negativity. It's all about positively and putting out content that families can have. So, upon reaching this milestone, here we go, guys. It's the big one, all right? Um, I got a bad feeling about this. Yeah, here we go. All right, so upon reaching this $1,000 milestone a month, Tattooing Sons will be positioned to launch special series for Season 7 of The Clone Wars. We want to do a special podcast every week when those episodes are coming out, as well as a weekly podcast on The Mandalorian when it comes out and a weekly podcast on Rogue One. The prequel series uh, when it comes out. So the Cassian Andor solo. Yeah, Cassian Andor mm -hmm. uh, series, uh, which I guess they're calling the Rogue One prequel series right now. Is what, huh. what Star Wars is calling it. So that's what we've got uh, going um, on the goals. Now we've added some things with our tiers. So let me move around. I'm, I'm running about ten minutes behind. Thanks, Arnold, for being patient. I know you're listening because you said you were. So thanks, buddy. We'll be there in just a second. I'll call you. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. So we've changed some things with our tiers. Most of our tiers have stayed the same, but we've added some things, some incentives to you as listeners to engage with us and support us on Patreon. And we want to make this as much fun as possible. First of all, all of you that are current Patreon supporters, we've got a little something that's coming to you in the mail before Christmas. And so we want you guys to know about that. It's a little way of us saying thank you to you for your support of Tatooine Sons over the last year. Anybody that signs up before you know the next week or two, you're going to get that as well because... Um, even at a dollar a month on Patreon, you're going to get that special gift along with all the other incentives with it. That's our first level. A dollar a month is our Padawan Learner level. 
Um, here's what we're going to start doing uh, beginning next week. We're going to record our podcast episode uh, earlier in the week if possible so that it's ready to go and be released to you guys as Patreon supporters on Saturday mornings, just like you're used to getting it. The rest of it, the public release of these episodes, is actually going to be uh, released on Mondays uh, now because that's just... We want to give you guys first dibs. You guys are supporting us. You get the podcast first. So that's the first thing that's going to be happening. Of course, you're going to get access as a general Patreon supporter, no matter which level, dollar or more. You're going to get access to our Rebels Revisited episodes when they start coming out and all of our patron-only content. You're going to get a Make Turvis Cannon sticker mailed to you. It's going to be a ton of fun. So that's our basic level. So no matter what, you're going to get access to all of our general content early and then our... Um, uh, Patreon-only content, including a new uh, monthly series that we're going to do. I want to make sure we talk about this, which is called The Themes of Star Wars. So what we're going to do with The Themes of Star Wars is every single month, we're going to record an episode where we talk about this sort of this big overarching idea that exists within Star Wars. For example, in January, the theme of that podcast that month, that, that episode, is hope. Because, you know, New Year's resolutions, new goals, it's a new year. And so, and hope is a central theme. So we're going to actually spend a whole episode talking about hope. Uh, February, we're going to talk about love and compassion. We're going to talk about, in March, probably, like, redemption or renewal. Uh, and obviously, in April, the theme is celebration, you know, and the, and the celebrations of Star Wars. Right. So we're going to do that kind of thing uh, going forward. You're going to get access to that as well. And that is patron, uh, Patreon uh, supporters only content. So we want you guys to get that as well. Then at the $5 Jedi Knight level, you're going to get um, a shout out on our weekly podcast. So as soon as you sign up to become a $5 a month uh, or more supporter, we're going to give you a shout out on the podcast. Uh, if you have a podcast or a YouTube channel of your own, we're going to encourage our listeners to uh, listen or subscribe to you on that. You're going to get the Make Turbis Cannon sticker. Uh, you're going to get all that stuff as well and access to that. So that's our Jedi Knight $5 a month level. Then our next level, let's see, is that, yeah, there we go. Our next level is our Jedi Master um, level. Our Jedi Master level is $10 per month. Okay, and here's what's included with this. Beginning in 2019, if you're at the $10 a month level already, you're grandfathered into this automatically. And if you're a new subscriber at the $10 level, you're going to start getting what we're doing as our sticker of the month club. Okay, so the sticker is going to actually be tied in to the theme of the month. So we're going to have a sticker designed for January that's going to be about hope. Mm. And so you'll get that sticker every single month. So in the, it'll just be our way of saying thank you for being a consistent supporter of us at the $10 or more level uh, on that. Of course, we're going to also release early our podcast poll of the week. So you guys can help us start crafting the answers on that and the questions on that, getting your mm. feedback on that. And then, of course, the access to our monthly themes of Star Wars uh, podcast on there. So that's going to be part of that, along with Make Turbis Cannon and, and everything else. Uh, that we've got going on that. At the $25 level, that is our Jedi Council level. We've got several of you guys already at that level, so thank you guys so much. Uh, you are going to help us with themes. You're gonna, we're going to start interacting with you as Jedi Council members and sending you direct messages, sending you messages on Patreon, asking you guys for show ideas, topic ideas, questions that you guys want answered. Uh, we're going to be interacting you with these types of things. We're going to give you special access to merchandise offerings, special uh, Jedi Council or above t-shirts and, and different mugs and stuff like that that only our Jedi Council members and above get. Uh, special meetups and events. Like if we're at Star Wars Celebration, we're going to have a special meetup for everybody on the Council and above. 
uh, where we get together with you guys and we hang out and we talk about the show, kind of like a council meeting mm-hmm. uh, on that. Of course, we get we send you I'm a member of the Jedi Council t-shirt like you guys have all gotten on that. Uh, there's just a lot of fun on that. So we encourage you guys uh, to sign up at that level. Now, we've got a new level uh, that we've added in here, and that is our $50 a month level. Any idea what we called it? No. Nope, no clue. Okay. Rogue <laughs> Jedi. So it's our Rogue uh, Jedi uh, level. I don't know. I just had to come up with a new Jedi. I like it. Yeah, I like it works. It. Okay. So this is uh, where you want more. That's all. That means you're paying for more. You want more. So here's what you're going to get. You're going to get everything from the Jedi Council level. But in addition to that, you remember our Sticker of the Month Club with our themes and all that kind of stuff? Well, that same thing is going to be included as a T-shirt of the Month Club. You're actually going to get a T-shirt with our theme for that month every single month. For being a Rogue Jedi supporter at the $50 a month level. And so that's an exciting level on that. Now, we've got one Jedi legend right now. There are some of you that they're just, you're just gonna be like overly generous, and we thank you for that. That's our Jedi legend level. You're gonna get a special t shirt, and JG, yours is getting ready to be uh, shipped to you really quick here. A special t shirt telling the world, I am a legend. Uh, with the Tatooine Sons, uh, Sons logo on it. You're, of course, going to get a Make Turbis Cannon shirt uh, for being at the $100 level. You're going to get the T-shirt of the Month Club for being at the $100 level. And then we want you to have the easiest access to listen to Tatooine Sons' different podcasts going forward. And the easiest way to do that is to say, Hey, Alexa, play Tatooine Sons. And our podcast pops up. So we send you an Echo Dot. In fact, JG got his just a few days ago um, with that. So that is what's going on in all of those different... Uh, levels. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. On Patreon. So why don't we do this? Why don't we let you guys, we want to hear from our Patreon supporters. And while we're doing that, I'm going to go ahead and contact our buddy Arnold uh, to see if we can get him on here. And we'll be good to go. So here's uh, your comments, our Patreon supporters. Hey guys, it's JG Cars here. And I just want to say a big congratulations to Tatooine Sons for one year. That's an amazing accomplishment. One of my favorite memories has to be easily the lead up to The Last Jedi. I loved listening to your guys' speculation, your theories, and all the fun stuff in between. And of course, I loved the discussion after the movie. Here's to another year of great podcasting. Hey, Tatooine Sons, it's Rebecca on Twitter. I want to wish you three a happy one-year anniversary. I've been listening to you three pretty much since the beginning of the podcast and was your very first Patreon supporter. I listen to a wide variety of Star Wars podcasts, and I like a good mix of shows. A dad talking Star Wars with his two sons filled a void missing in my podcast library. 
My favorite moment of yours would have to be your visit to Lucasfilm. That's the mecca for every Star Wars fan. So, so glad that you got the opportunity to visit before you moved back to Colorado and enjoyed seeing the photos of your visit posted on Twitter. Congrats again on your first 50 episodes. Can't wait to hear what the next 50 episodes have in store for us listeners. Buckle up, guys. 2019 is going to be an exciting ride. Well, hello there, guys. This is Roberto from Switzerland, one of your Jedi counselors on Patreon. I just wanted to take the opportunity and express my deepest gratitude for what you've been doing with the podcast. I don't have a specific favorite Tatooine Sons moment, but that's just because I simply enjoy your content overall. As someone who's working with kids, I know that talking and geeking about everything Star Wars is one of the best things ever. And listening to you guys doing exactly this every week enriches my love and passion for this wonderful franchise big time. Also, let me say thank you to the whole rest of the Tatooine Sons community for supporting the podcast and keeping the discussions and social media alive. And don't worry, Tatooine Sons, Turbus will be canon. I wish you all the best for season two and may the force be with you. Bye. How do there, Tatooine Sons fellas? This here's Rural Farm Boy. Happy one year anniversary of doing your show. And my favorite moment, I'm going to pick a most recent one. Kinda, and that's when Yin's three shared all the details of your trip to Lucasfilm. You had me giggling along the whole way, and you took me along with you, and I'm so thankful for that. May the force be with you. See you on the radio. Hey guys, this is Peter, aka Stormtrooper Pete. Wishing you a happy anniversary. Um, I would have to say my favorite episode of yours was probably the first because that was my introduction into podcast in general and the Star Wars podcast. And I just really liked how it was a family filled event. Uh, a father and two sons. Great name of the, of the show. Um, but just how you guys talked and spread your joy about star wars and you could really hear it in the way everyone talked the way you positioned everything and i think just the way you've grown and evolved from there so i think it all started for me when you kick things off so again happy anniversary and look forward to the next year hello podcast listeners this is samuel hutt thanks for listening to tatooine sons the star wars podcast BB, Nate, and I love talking about Star Wars with our dad, and we couldn't do it without the faithful support of our friends on Patreon. If you're not a Patreon supporter, please head on over to patreon.com slash Sons and watch our welcome video so you can learn more about how important it is for us to have your support. May the Force be with you. Wait, my mic's on. Oops. Okay, that's that happens every week. Except I don't have the mic on, so I'm already like directing it and all that kind of yeah. stuff on these. So, all right, so here we go. We were we finally got uh, from my position. You know, he may be as big of a star as Stephen Stanton. I don't know anything about all this right. guy. I just know he's hanging out with J.J. Abrams and the cast of Episode Nine in Jordan. So I can't wait to hear the story. Now, uh, we'll we'll jump into it in a second when we get Arnold on here. But the reality is simple. Uh, J, a few weeks ago. Twitter blew up on a Saturday when some guy from California, I think, um, we'll find out in a second, uh, was took a photo 
with JJ, and JJ had his Trixie hat, which is the cat, the uh, name of the, the shooting name, the filming name for episode nine, and it went out on Twitter. And we reached out to him, and he agreed to be on our episode today. So, uh, coming up next is Arnold Fit Jr. Rebellions are built on hope. If you live long enough, you see the same eyes in different people. I find your lack of faith disturbing. Okay, before we even bring in Arnold, I got to give a shout out to my buddy Dylan Livingston. This is one of BB Nate's closest friends. He's in California because we just moved back, and he just mentioned on the chat. This is Dylan, Mr. Jesse. So so cool. Uh, Tell Nate thanks for the link. You're welcome, Dylan. That's it. All right, welcoming to the show. It's Arnold Fit. How you doing, Arnold? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me on the show. Appreciate oh, it. Oh man, we're so excited. Okay. So before we even jump into like all the details of it, we got to you got to just tell the story cuz uh, you know, Twitter doesn't tell the whole story uh, when you see a little tweet and a photo on that. So walk us through what happened when you were at the airport in Jordan. Yeah, so um I actually went to Egypt before I went to Jordan. Um I planned to take the uh, biblical route of Moses and the children of Israel from Egypt. Uh, all the way into the promised land, uh, because I studied biblical theology, and I thought, you know, why not uh, see these places for myself? So um, I go to Egypt. I spend a lot of time in Egypt, and um, I did the land border from Egypt into Israel, uh, which took a very, very long time, and then from Israel into Jordan, which took about four hours altogether. So I was very tired. Uh, we just climbed Mount Sinai the night before, so I was just deadbeat tired. I just wanted to check into my hotel. Um, I didn't want uh, didn't want to cross any borders anymore. So uh, at the visa window at the Jordanian border, uh, there was a visa mix-up, and I was standing at the window for about maybe 30, 45 minutes, and I was at the front window um, just talking to the, the officer and, and trying to get this uh, this rectified. And uh, through my corner of my eye, I see three people uh, coming up right next to me. There's a door right next to the visa window, and uh, they were escorted by someone. And uh, I was tired, so I didn't really know. I didn't really think much about it. But I looked over, and I said, that looks like J.J. Abrams. And right next to him was Oscar Isaac. And so it kind of confirmed what my mind was already (laughs) thinking. Okay, now I know (laughs) that, that this is the real deal. So um, wow. I wanted to be polite. Uh, I didn't want to draw any attention to them. I didn't want. I, they looked really busy. I didn't so you want just to said, "Hey, JJ," just like I did with Leland, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I didn't do it like that. <laughs> I really should have, but um, I no, I was very calm. If it was Daisy Ridley, it'd be a different story. Yeah, I'm sure. Out. Um, but uh, with JJ, I was like, "Hey, man, love, love your work. Um, I appreciate what you do." He said, "Oh, thanks, man." And I you know I shook Oscar's hand as well. Um, and I was debating if I should ask for a selfie. So I had this internal monologue, like, ask for a selfie, ask for a selfie. <laughs> so offshoot, I just said, hey, do you mind taking a selfie? He's like, yeah, sure. So I took the selfie, and um, it all happened so fast. A lot of people on Twitter were like, you know, why didn't you get a picture with Oscar? Why didn't you ask them these questions? It all happened so fast, and I was very tired. Uh, but uh, it was probably the best experience that I had during that day. Um, and uh, like you said, uh, 
Sam and Nathan throughout the show when you're talking to Steven. It kind of took you a long time to process. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I went to the hotel and I was looking through my camera roll. And I was like, I just met J.J. Abrams. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's bizarre um, how those types of things happen. Actually, I think it's a probably the best picture you could have taken because jj's got jj's look on his face you know he's got that thing (laughs) and then you've got the crew some of the crew behind there and they're sort of just smiling and then over on the side of the picture there's there's oscar isaac photobombing you basically (laughs) i was it was it's beautiful i think it's absolutely awesome how long did it take before you started to really sink in that you had uh you you had met these guys and did you meet any like did you talk to oscar or any of the other uh, uh cast members um, it was very brief, my encounter, um, because, again, I didn't want to draw too much attention to them, and I saw they were busy. Um, I didn't want to be that guy. Um, so uh, the interactions that I had with them were very brief. I just say, I, lo- I love your work, and I shook Oscar's hands. I love your work, too. Um, and then the guy in the back said, I don't know who you are, but I love your work, too. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, and then he said, oh, thanks, man. And um and I had, of course, you know, as a Star Wars fan, I had questions, but um, it all happened so fast I didn't get a chance to do that. Uh, but after that, you know, after the selfie, they, they left and they left in their private car. So it was a very, very brief encounter. But as far as it all sinking in, I, I posted it on Twitter before I went to bed. Um, and since the time difference, I posted it in the morning in the States while I was in Jordan. Right, right. So I wake up and it just blew up and I became like a minor celebrity in the Star Wars fandom, which was really cool. <laughs> that is cool. That's cool. So you've been like invited like to... Three likes. Yeah. Have you been invited on any other shows or anything like that at uh, this point? Um, uh, Steele uh, Steel, uh, uh, invited me on his podcast, but he invited me while I was still in Jordan, so I wasn't able to call in, but he uh, he did a little segment on his show uh, during that. But uh, a lot of other Star Wars outlets like um, blogs, sites and uh, websites they contact me trying to get more information like hey is he was he going inside of jordan or outside of jordan <laughs> they're or... trying to get the scoop is what they're trying <laughs> like, to get right right so all right well, very... well i gotta ask though arnold because the reality is i know there's nobody listening to this podcast right now it's just the you know the four of us nobody mm-hmm. else is listening i know you took jj aside and you asked him for like the ultimate spoiler so what did he give you so he told me now that now I, I trust JJ that he was telling me the truth, but I hear that Turbus is in fact canon. Oh yeah, Woo-hoo! there we go. There we go. And he'll be making a cameo in episode nine. That, oh, that's impressive. So, Every word in that sentence was wrong. Yeah, I'm not sure, but we'll see. I hope yeah. so. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be fun. All right, cool. Well, we got some more questions because we want to just find out. Okay, so you're just like uh, you, you're. We're gonna have to like. Are you going to celebration in Chicago? I am. Yes, I oh, am. Oh, we are gonna have to get together on that because yeah. you and me, like, we are running parallel to each other, like a theology nerd and a ancient, uh, you know, Israel history nerd and a Star Wars nerd all together. So, um, you know, th- I've been to Israel four times. I've led groups there. I teach on the the ancient context of of scripture and and stuff like that. So, I absolutely love that. I can't wait for us to talk about that. We're gonna have to spend a lot of time offline doing that because we wouldn't have enough time to keep up on this episode. But we want to find out about you as a Star Wars fan. So we've got a few questions. Are you ready to run a little mini version of our 10 questions? Yeah, let's do it. All right, we're not going to ask all 10, but we're going to ask a few of them. So we're going to start with you, BB Nate. Go first. Um, what was your first Star Wars memory? My first major Star Wars memory... I'm, okay, so I'm 23, um, and uh, the first 
really big Star Wars memory I had was seeing uh, episode three with my dad in the theaters. Um, that's when I really got really into Star Wars because um, bonding with my dad has always been great. And he wanted me to come see Star Wars episode three. And it was just great movie going experience. Um, but before that, I was actually terrified of Yoda growing up. <laughs> And through the promotion of the Phantom Menace, there was Yoda promotion everywhere. So I was terrified to go everywhere. But so that would be my negative uh, first uh, encounters with Star Wars. But as far as a good positive one was definitely seeing Episode Three with my dad in the theaters. How old were you again when you saw it? Um, I believe I was ten. Okay, 10, that's a pretty heavy old. episode to see in the theater yeah. at the age of ten. Oh yeah, it was awesome though. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cool. But one of the things that we love about what Lucasfilm is doing right now, we were talking a little bit about this with Steven this morning, or a little bit earlier, was they're, like, through Galaxy of Adventures and through Resistance and other things, they really are trying to make sure that there's a new, uh, safe way to introduce children to the Star Wars universe mm. um, outside the movies. I see all the time on Twitter, you know, is it too, when's it too early to introduce your kids to the movies and that kind of thing. Through Galaxy of Adventures and through Resistance and then the animated series that have already been out, there's a lot of, there's a, a lot more access to a younger generation than there was uh, even just five or six years ago. How do you feel about, you know, Star Wars as, as kid-friendly uh, content? I, I'm all for it. Um, I'm a firm believer that Star Wars is for everyone. And, um, you know, even, you know, with uh, the first Star Wars in 77, I, a huge uh, demographic of people just fell in love with it. And I think that's the very core of what Star Wars is. is Star Wars is for everyone. It doesn't matter uh, your, your race, your age, gender, whatever. Uh, we can all get together and, uh, and celebrate this what space fantasy that we all love. And I think that really solidified me when I went to uh, Celebration Orlando for the first time uh, last year. And had such a great time with so much of different people. And it just solidified that, that, you know, this is for everyone. And then the fact that we get shows like Resistance, we get shows like, you know, Forces of Destiny and all that. Mm-hmm. I think that's fantastic that uh, they are creating content uh, that can target for uh, different types of people and different ages of people. So I, I'm all for it. That's awesome. All right, Sam, you're good. So who's your favorite Star Wars character? Out of them all, who is your favorite? That is 100% easy. It is Grand Moff Tarkin. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There you go. That's um, cool. So when you were he, sitting with Stephen Stanton, did you make him do the voice? Oh, you know it. And that's why I got attached to Stephen because he, he voiced my favorite Star Wars character. And I, you know, yeah. I would follow him on Twitter and all that. Um, but the reason why Tarkin is my favorite character is because he is evil simply on the basis of being evil. He doesn't have the force. He doesn't have any special powers. He's mm-hmm. just an evil to the core person. And that's what makes him so compelling and so intriguing. Yeah. But it's, it's almost, you know, when you watch him through the clone wars arc, um, uh, series, and then, uh, obviously in rebels, he's already the grand Moff Tarkin that we know from a new hope, um, when we first see him. Uh, but in that storyline, he's not evil because he wants, it doesn't seem like he wants to be evil. He's just, mm-hmm. he's a, he's, he was a Republic guy. And the Republic became the Empire, and he's an Empire guy, and he's going to stand by his principles on that. He believes that that government is the right government. And so it's interesting. He is evil. He's an evil person when you look at him. I mean, he's going to order the destruction of Alderaan. 
uh, just to prove a point. That is the ultimate example. Genocide is evil, but he doesn't know that he's being evil. He thinks he's justified. And I think it's such a, that may be one of those months where we talk, maybe October, where we're dealing Ooh. with, uh, uh, when we are do our themes, we'll talk about the theme of evil yeah. uh, in Star Wars and how people that are truly evil don't necessarily know. Like Anakin himself, he turns to the dark side because he thinks it's the right thing to do. Hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, it really, that's why I like Rogue One, because it really ride the lines of what is considered good and bad. Because, you know, we get that painted uh, black and white in the other episodes, but Rogue One really did, it really explored that gray area, especially with uh, Cassian and what he did. And, and, uh, of course, with Saul Guerrero and his uh, cell of rebels, uh, trying to see, is the rebellion 100% good or is they they ride the line a little bit? I really like exploring that. Exactly. All right. BB name. Okay. So other than Jar Jar, what is your least favorite Star Wars character? Yeah, we just have to take Jar Jar out of it every time because it was such an easy answer for some people that we've retired him. Not that I don't like Jar Jar, but we just can't let people answer that anymore. So other than that, gotcha. who's your least favorite? My least favorite would be Salacious B. Crumb. Oh, oh. The Kowakian monkey lizards. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think he's a really cool puppet, but every time I hear that voice, I just... I, <laughs> It's like nails against a chalkboard for me, and it just turns me off. All right, so you ready for me to do my, my salacious oh, beat from no, uh, impersonation? You ready for this, Arnold? Yeah, let's do it. All right. <laughs> I like that, sorry. Anyway. That's really great. That's it's really I just cringe <laughs> yeah. right there. Yeah, there, there we go. So did you see the Resistance episode with the Kowaki and Monkey Lizards? Have you seen that one yet? You know, I have not had the time to sit down and actually watch the episodes of Resistance yet. Oh, you need oh. to. And I Steven spoiled some stuff, I think. I think he said some stuff on our show about the future of a certain character on there, uh, or at least his background, that we that we have not heard before. So I'm pretty excited about that. You need to check out Resistance. It's awesome. Absolutely. Yeah, I plan to binge watch that very soon. I've just been very busy. Well, no, I mean, you've only been traveling all over the world running in with to J.J. Yeah, Abrams yeah, you know. Yeah. Did you go to, like, China or something after that? I did. I've been to five countries in three weeks. So Good Egypt, grief. Jordan, e- Israel, Turkey, and Beijing. Did you pick up that t-shirt in Israel? Did you find it? No, I didn't. No. Oh, I, stink. I asked right. around for it and people looked at me crazy. So, oh, oh, Okay, uh, next time I go, we'll pick you up a, co- a, a version of it, all right? No, that sounds great. All right, okay. All right, so this is actually, this is, you know, those are all fun questions, but this is one that I love to hear the answer to when we interview people because uh, it's such a common theme. It's why it's the first uh, theme that we'll do on our Patreon exclusive podcast starting in January. Uh, This idea of hope, I mean, even Rogue One, it ends. That's, let's lay his last words uh, in that um, with it. So why do you believe, from your perspective and your fandom of Star Wars, why do you believe Star Wars inspires hope? Star Wars inspires hopes as hope in a lot of ways. Um, the, you know, even with the concept of you know the Empire is looming over the galaxy, and uh, there's a lot of darkness and there's a uh, you know a lot of oppression. Um, Star Wars inspires hope in a way that you know Luke Skywalker is a farm boy, uh, kind of like in, you know in the Old Testament with Moses, um, he didn't seem to himself worthy, but he was called to free the children. Of Israelites out of Egypt. Right. Same thing with Luke. Um, you know, he was a farm boy. He didn't see himself as much, and he didn't say like he was going anywhere. But uh, he he destroyed the Death Star, the, right. the greatest weapon uh, in the galaxy at the time. So uh, and it instills hope, knowing that it if you, it doesn't matter who you are, or what your background is. If you believe that there is some light in the world, that doesn't matter wh- uh, where you feel you are in in life, you have the power to make change. 
And it's a common thread all throughout Star Wars is that, you know, people from uh, not so desirable backgrounds, Anakin Skywalker was a slave. Right. And he ended up being one of the most powerful Jedi ever. So it's all about, you know, uh, if your if your motives are correct, if you truly see that there's light in the world, then it doesn't matter who you're against you will overcome whatever you're trying to you're trying to face and and star wars does a great job of communicating that it's like uh what poe dameron says in the uh force awakens he says as long as there's light there's hope and uh exactly that's, uh that's interesting that's awesome arnold this has been uh, a treat uh talking with you thank you so much uh for being our guest on our 50th episode telling us a little bit about jj of course we're going to hold you to it if uh when you know if turbis isn't canonized we're going to ask you why not you know because you told us that jj told you it was you probably hadn't even heard of turbis uh at the time that you met jj but uh, so uh so yeah so uh we we're, thank you so much guys you have anything else you want to yeah, say yeah i mean i can't wait to uh to meet you in person at celebration in uh, in april yeah, yeah absolutely very excited to go there it would be really fun all right thanks so much for joining us have a great rest of your day arnold all right thank you and happy 50th thank you buddy all right bye-bye all right guys that was pretty awesome very cool so what did you think about uh, arnold's uh, uh uh interaction with uh in the in the uh, security customs area at an airport <laughs> in the middle east does that sound familiar to anybody else oh yeah you should you have you know, you know a little something about that. Yeah, when you get detained in the Israeli uh, in, in Ben Gurion Airport in Tel Aviv for three hours because your computer won't turn on, um, and you never get the computer back, that turns into an interesting trip. Yeah. So uh, yeah. last time that didn't happen that way. So that's good. So it was all smooth. Was that? It was all smooth. Yeah, the last time was real smooth. It's because BB Nate was with me. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I didn't you don't get look it. as much like a threat. I guess Small not. Child. Yeah, he's it's hard. I mean, he's so cute. That, that's uh, true. Yeah, not, and not in a, like a goofy childish way. He's just. A good-looking kid. All right. All right. So uh, we've got 30 more minutes, and we really haven't talked about the latest in Star Wars, have we? Uh-huh. So what's on our list here? Do we even have I it? I don't know. This is I all you. I can't find my Star Wars. This is all you, Dad. <laughs> well, why don't we do Happy one year. Let's see here. I can't find the notes. Hold on just one second. Oh, I've been pulling off. Awkward. You think we would have had this down? After a year and 50 episodes. Yeah, well, you know, today was crazy trying to figure everything out with (laughs) Skype. Two guests when you've never had a live guest and all that kind of stuff. So, all right. So it looks like there's a, we talked a little bit about this, but there's a, kids are getting new access to Star Wars. Um, Star, there's a production office photo that offers some interesting hints at episode nine. And Star Wars is not the most influential movie of all time. It's time for hot takes. This is where the fun begins. Well, you want the bad news or the really bad news? Impressive. Every word in that sentence was wrong. Alrighty then. So classic Star Wars moments get animated for kids in a new series. Galaxy of Adventures will launch. That's what it's called, right? Star Wars Galaxy of Adventures. Because I've got a type wrong. Galaxy of Stories. Galaxies of Adventures will launch on StarWarsKids.com. That has got to be a new uh, bookmark on all of our our, uh, uh, browsers. Yeah, no, StarWarsKids.com is a new website as well. As well as through their Star Wars Kids Mm. YouTube channel, it says. The first six shorts will debut November 30th with new shorts releasing through December and into 2019. Here's a quote. 
with Galaxy of Adventures, we wanted to craft something that allowed parents to help their kids take their first step into a much larger world, whether they were ready to show their kids the films or wanted to find new ways to explore the content. James Waugh, Lucasfilm's Vice President for Franchise Content and Strategy, told StarWars.com. He goes on to say, Over the years, I've had so many of my friends who are parents tell me how much they wanted to introduce their kids to Star Wars, but didn't feel that their kids were quite ready for the movies yet. They wanted to celebrate the universe they love. BB Nate, what are your thoughts on Star Wars Galaxies of Adventure? Uh, Galaxy of Adventures. Excuse me. Yeah, there we go. go. Um, I've heard it both ways. All right. (laughs) I think that's a good way. Um, I've been noticing that Star Wars has been aiming really towards kids and introducing them to Star Wars through a different way. And some parents, like, I have heard of parents who don't let their kids watch PG-13 movies until they're 13, which is usual, and it's fair, yes. And so they can't even see the um, sequel trilogy, and they can't see episode three, and so with this, it kind of explains it without having to... It's a great concept. Yeah. What about you, Sam? What do you think? You know, I was... I just watched the shorts, I think, yesterday... Um, and I gotta say, being as I'm even a 17 year old finds them like freaking awesome. Like the animation is amazing. Uh, there's one short, it's the, uh, it's Rogue One. I don't know what it's called. I think it's, uh, you don't know the power of the dark side or something like that. Um, but it's, it's the end scene with Vader in the hallway in Rogue One in this animation style. And it's amazing. It is beautiful. It is, is really cool. And then there's the, uh, the Chewbacca one. I loved that one because they had talked about doing this previously, and they did it a little bit, but they would take old dialogue from the movies and plug them into this new, the new shorts. And they did that a lot with the um, Chewb- Chewbacca one. And they used lines that were used in completely different circumstances in this, in a, in a new circumstance, and it was really cool. I loved it a lot, and I'm, I can't wait to see what other famous stories they... Um, yeah, there's they more coming out. Maybe we'll see Turbis. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. What did you think? Uh, you know, I only watched, I think, the first two or three mm. um, while I was at work yesterday at lunch break. Um, and I tell you, the one that I was most uh, intrigued by, and I and I think that we're going to see some of this happen in these Galaxy of Adventures shorts going forward, was the retelling of the scene on the Tantive Four. With Leia and the droids and Vader and all of this stuff going on. First of all, they kind of they they kind of jacked it up, made it a little bit more intense, a lot more gunfight and stuff like that. And R two and C three PO had to kind of escape more and things like that instead of just walking through the hallway when blasters are missing them. Right, but it wasn't the battles that actually intrigued me. It was them walking through the hallway. So there's this scene uh. where they're going down this corridor, R2 and C-3PO, and R2 stops, and then C-3PO stops as a result of it, because you hear Darth Vader's breathing. Mm-hmm. And Darth Vader walks by with lightsaber extended, you know, already ignited, mm-hmm. and he's walking by. And I literally could see a reaction in R2. Yeah. Because this is Darth Vader, which means it's Anakin. And he didn't have his memory wiped like three He knows it's Anakin. And he's, th- I mean, it like, uh, I get emotional right now just thinking. Tanta V, thank you, Real Farmer. I appreciate that. Uh, yeah, Tanta V4, depends on, you know, I've heard it both ways. Uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, it was emotional to see that because they focus in on R2, and I just immediately realized R2 knows that's Anakin. 
And the relationship between Anakin and Vader that was so intense in episode two, Anakin episode three, all the clo- and R two, yeah, yeah Isn't that okay. what I said. You said Anakin and Vader. Oh, his well, that's a good. Thing. All right, I've Anakin, heard it both ways. Yeah, I've heard it both ways. Anakin and R two, their interaction and their relationship. You know, remember that whole th- uh, arc in the early seasons of the Clone Wars? I think it's even season one, where Anakin like loses. Oh, R2, that's right. yeah, and he yeah. like goes against the Jedi Council. He goes against his orders from Obi Wan. He's going against all this to try to restore and find R two because mm-hmm. he's got committed to him. This is the relationship they have, and in that one moment, watching that short, I'm like, this is where we talked about it with Steven earlier with the silly thing from Andy Get Your Gun being integrated into Double Agent Droid. Right. That moment in Star Wars that they do pretty so often, where if you're a kid, it's fun. And it's awesome. And if you're an adult and you're watching it, you see something that you don't see as a child. Mm. And that was that moment for me. I absolutely loved it. That was great. All right. Next topic. Let's see here if I can get back to my screen. Star Wars. Does production office photo offer hints at episode nine? This is going to be new for you two, I'm sure. You haven't heard about this. Star Wars fans are still awaiting an official look at Star Wars episode nine instead of ha- instead having to settle for a number of grainy and out-of-focus leaked photos from the set. A Wrinkle in Time director, Ava DuVernay, I cannot pronounce her name, I never have been able to, has given us one of our best behind-the-scenes looks at the film, sharing a photo of second unit director's Victoria Mahoney's production office. So if you recall, when it was announced that Victoria Mahoney was going to be the second unit director on this, the first uh, person of color and first woman uh, to be a part of this, this was a big deal. It was actually Ava DuVernay who was the one that released that on Instagram. It was a big, big deal for Star Wars. Mm -hmm. Well, they're very close friends. And she actually went to the production office at Pinewood Studios and met with her and was given permission, apparently, because if you're not going to take pictures in Pinewood Studios and put them on Instagram without permission. Yeah. So they took these pictures. And she's sitting at her desk. And there's these different photos behind her, guys. And there's different scenes. and And some of them have absolutely nothing to do with Star Wars. But the idea was, the explanation that she gave, was that these are things that are inspiring... Um, Ava DuVernay, or excuse me, uh, Victoria Mahoney, in the work that she's doing. She's, the, as a second unit director, she works on things like the big battle sequences and some of that stuff. JJ, she, he's there working with the, the main stars and the actors mm-hmm. on this, the scripting and the dialogue in those main scenes. And, and uh, Victoria Mahoney's working on all the other stuff mm-hmm. that goes into the movie. So here are a few of the things that were from photos in the background. Let's see if, if this tells us anything. The crawl from The Force Awakens was listed there. Mm-hmm. There's this photo of a lady in black, uh, you know, sort of like a man in black, a lady in black gunslinger. It's like she's like in a Clint Eastwood movie, but she's got a black vest and a black Western shirt, and black jeans and leather and a black, you know, cowboy hat. And she literally has her gun extended um, with it. That's an interesting visual mm. to have in place. And then we have and the biggest thing you see, you can't miss it. I mean, you don't even have to try to see this. In the very center of all of them is this massive picture of Darth Vader in a pink fur coat. <laughs> it's absolutely <laughs> awesome. Thoughts on this? We'll start with you, Samuel. I think right now it's makes none of it makes any sense at all, other than the title crawl. Obviously, you know, episode nine is gonna have title crawl. But um 
I'm certain that after we see episode nine, those strange out of context pictures are going to make total sense. You know, Darth Vader in a pink fur coat. Right now, thinking about that is like the weirdest thing that you could think of. But I'm certain that when we watch episode nine, something somehow is going to make more sense. As for the um, the gunslinger, the the lady in black, whatever. Um, maybe that's like indicating that uh, Ray. Goes not necessarily dark, but a little. It gets a little grit. She gets a little grittier, or maybe even Rose gets a little tough. Well, it could be also Carrie Russell's character because we don't know anything about who oh, that right. character is. I it could very her. well be Carrie Russell's character. I could see that. That's cool. What do you think about this, BB Nate? I don't really have any thoughts on it. It's confusing <laughs> to say the least. We have a, a title crawl to a gunslinger to Darth Vader in a pink fur coat. Well, and lots of other photos. There's probably a dozen or more other photos. I just, it doesn't make sense to me. Right okay. Now. Well, here's what I would think. The questions that come up for me, and again, Yoda Bauer, she's here on the chat. Um... Uh, she's commenting on this. So she says she could that, that that Victoria could just like all these photos, and that's very possible. Uh, but I don't mm. think that they're putting that out there without uh, it being very intentional uh, with it. And so here's what I think. I think that this tells us that uh, Victoria is integrally working on the title crawl uh, wording. Um, I think that we're going to have a uh, sort of a gunslinger, maybe. I'm not going to say it... Um, well, I'm afraid to say it about... I got a bad feeling about this. It, could we have a Mara Jade-esque type character? Uh, maybe Carrie is playing uh, that type of a character. I'm not saying she is Mara Jade. But there have been some rumors and leaks that that character uh, was was influencing uh, one of the characters in this. And Carrie Russell could be playing that. I would love to see that. Uh, and then, I, I mean, I don't think he's going to be in a pink fur coat. But I do think Darth Vader... Is gonna yeah. sh- is gonna rear Something. his his uh, ugly head, maybe just the helmet, if nothing else. But but she's definitely. I think he's definitely gonna have a role uh, in this. So yeah, nope, not uh, real farm boy doesn't want Marjade. No, it could be a Marjade esque type character. We've had similar to the way Cassian Andor in Rogue One is similar to I think it's Kyle Katarn from the Legends oh, Universe. Yoda yeah. can correct me. Uh, Yoda Bauer can she correct me on that one. She's like like the encyclopedia mm-hmm. of. Uh, Legends. Yeah, if you're not following uh, Port Haven uh, Refuge and Star Wars, uh, Port uh, Port, yeah, yeah, Port, yeah, Star Wars Refuge on uh, YouTube, you need to because they're amazing. Um, so yeah, um, that's it from that one. Do we have another hot take? Yeah, we have another one. Yeah. Oh yeah, this one's really interesting. Uh, no, not Star Wars. This is the most influential film of all time. False. The Wizard of Oz oh, is the most here. influential film of all time, followed by Star Wars and Psycho, according to a study. Researchers at the University of Turin in Italy calculated an influence score for 47,000 films listed in the Internet Movie Database, IMDb. The score was based on how much each film had been referenced by subsequent films, meaning Wizard of Oz, at this point, is the most influential. Star Wars is second. Psycho is third. Thoughts, BB Nate? Hmm. Hmm. You're the movie buff. I am. I can see Wizard of Oz to be like that. It was um, very big when it came out with the whole color, and then it went from black and white to color. Mm -hmm. I was big. Um, It's a different type of story for Wizard of Oz as well, but of course Star Wars is second, because it's... Star Wars. (laughs) Star Wars, yeah. You know, it's funny that you mentioned that... um, 
you know, the Wizard of Oz is first and then Star Wars is second and how, you know, the each subsequent film had been referenced by the other. I've heard it said that Star Wars, the story, if you look at it the right way, can is almost parallel to Wizard of Oz. Now, I know that doesn't make a whole lot of sense because it just they, they seem like two totally different things and I, I won't be able to explain it as well, but I read it um, in an article talking about movies that influenced George Lucas while he was writing um, Star Wars. Right. And it talks about, you know, um, it's a, a nobody character, okay. you know, Luke and Dorothy, um, who gets whisked away into some uh, special uh, thing, and then there's the Force. I think that they mentioned, they draw a parallel between there's the Force and then the Ruby Slippers. And I mean, and they draw all these different parallels. I can't name remember them all, but when they lay them out, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And so it's funny that you mentioned them in that in that way. Well, and I think if if I'm not mistaken, Matt Martin, when he was talking to you, like you mentioned, uh, or was mentioned on the the segment earlier, where we were replaying our conversation about visiting Luke. Lucasfilm, he mentioned that The Wizard of Oz has actually influenced George Lucas mm-hmm. uh, in the preparation for writing A New Hope. So, uh, you know, that's uh, it's interesting to see how The Wizard of Oz influenced the second most refer- influential movie of all time. So uh, maybe we should maybe we should watch The Wizard of Oz sometime. Yeah, both the boys don't yeah, want to watch that. That's so. a, yeah, no, I'd rather watch Star Wars. <laughs> that's not how The Force works. Yeah, I guess that's it. Sorry. All right, well, we did some things out of order. A little um, bit. But we've uh, had a, a blast for about two hours and 45 plus minutes now. Can you believe that? Longest podcast ever. But it's been full of fun. Thank yeah. you, Stephen Stanton, uh, for being a part of this. Thank you for all of you Patreon supporters, all of you Star Wars uh, content creators, um, and all of you um, uh, uh, other people that have interacted with us and, 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 and given us a shout out. What's that? And Arnold. And, and of course... To Mr. Arnold Fit Jr., follow him on Twitter. Um, I have a feeling that we're going to ha- see uh, some amazing things. Uh, we're going to watch, as someone has said about our podcast, you know, we are going to watch his uh, whatever I can't remember the line from Palpatine. We're going to be watching cool. your career with great interest, yeah, or something, something like that. that. Yeah. yeah, I can't remember the line. Now we got to so. watch. The, uh, yeah, and I'm gotta, not even sure which. We're movie just going to have to watch a Star Wars. All right, we just got to watch a Star Wars now. Star Wars. Grammy's never seen Rogue One. You think we should try to ask her, like, bully her, like, and manipulate her into watching Star uh, Rogue One with us? Mind at, as uh, as we get to um, you know the end of the day, it's our 50th episode, one year anniversary. You can kind of manipulate her into yeah, that. I think so. she's, you know, she's Star listening to this right now. Only money. Yeah. So. Alrighty, um, I guess that's it. No, we usually we usually do an anything else segment. So anything else? Anything else? Thank you so much, everyone. Patreon fans, Twitter people who are on Twitter, people just general fans, everyone. Just thank you so much for for one year and uh, fifty episodes. We we definitely definitely couldn't do this without you guys. Yes, thank you guys so much for just being. Patreon supporters for being fans of our podcast to listening to this and I just thank you so much for everything that you do. Absolutely. Uh, folks, um, it's we started a year ago um, with one goal and that was to set up a microphone on a table between a dad and his two sons to simply do what we do all the time anyway and that's talk about Star Wars. 
And uh, so thank you guys uh, so much for listening. We would do this if there wasn't a dime of Patreon support and a single listener. Um, we just probably wouldn't do the, have the mic on because it's a lot of work. But you guys yeah. committing to listening to this and your support has uh, it 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 encourages us to keep putting this out as a podcast, uh, which has opened up doors for us to be a part of some amazing things. 2019, I believe, um, not just for for Tatooine Sons. But I believe that 2019 is the year of Star Wars. And uh, we're going to do a big year in review as far as Star Wars news at the end of December uh, going into the new year. But um, get ready. Buckle up, guys. Uh, we're going into hyperspace with Season 7 of The Clone Wars, The Mandalorian, Episode 9, Star Wars Celebration, all these other things that are coming out. Uh, it's going to be the greatest year in Star Wars history. And we hope that you tune in every single week. Uh, to listen to our podcast and hear us chat and talk about it as a father and sons. And, uh, you know, if you uh, would be open to supporting us on Patreon, we would greatly appreciate it. Go to Tatooine or patreon.com backslash Tatooine Sons. Just $1 a month is going to make all the difference. Help us reach that first goal of $250 so we can go ahead and do that commentary on the mall arc from Star Wars Rebels, and you guys can get access to that. Uh, that'll be a Patreon exclusive. We'll be doing some other things as well. So thank you guys so much for that. We're on Twitter, at Tatooine Sons. We're on Instagram, at Tatooine Sons. We're on YouTube.com, slash Tatooine Sons. Facebook.com, slash Tatooine Sons. We are proud members of the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. Make sure you go to uh, StarWarsCommonwealth.com and check out all the podcasts on that. And uh, in the uh, close, one of the last things I want to say is make Turbis Cannon. And anything else you guys want to say? May the force be with you. May the force be with you. May the force be with you. Boy, that's totally going to become yep. the Stephen Stanton line here at the end, right? Because right you uh, can't do it. I can't do you it, can't it like do it like him. That's going to be. That's going to happen. That's where it's going to be, right? There. I'm just going to have to say it normal and let him take it on from there. So, may the force be with you. Thank you guys so much. This party's over. I like that Wookiee. Don't get technical with me. Oh, please. Yep, yep. The all-new Toyota RAV4 asks, what if? What if your ride was refined and rugged at the same time? Introducing a car that's got style and substance to spare. The all-new RAV4 Limited. Featuring a sophisticated, muscular new exterior and available options like a premium JBL audio system and panoramic roof. The all-new RAV4 Limited. Toyota. Let's go places. JBL and Clarifier registered trademarks of Harman International Industries Incorporated. The iPhone XR is here at T-Mobile. And there's a whole lot to love. Like taking those perfect new year, new you portrait mode selfies you're going to share. Nice. It's the best way to stay connected to everyone you'll heart most in 2019. So get ready to fall in love with iPhone XR on T-Mobile. The most loved in wireless. Call 1-800-T-Mobile to learn more or visit a store today. <laughs> 